Hello and welcome back to A Sprinkle of Disney. We are sharing episode 18 with you today. So just two away from 20, which is very Yay. exciting. We released, if you saw our Instagram post today, we put out a list of all the current episodes. And I'm just shocked at how much content we've actually produced in, like, well, how many months? Because it was July we started, yeah. wasn't it? So July, August, September, October, November, December, Maths. January, February, March. Nine months. Nine months. That's amazing. You know we could have done that, just an 18 divided by two. We yeah, we could have, we could have done that. But we've just made ourselves look like fools. Um... Moving swiftly on, uh, if you're new here, then a very magical welcome to you and sorry about the maths. Um, a huge thank you to everyone who has been downloading our episodes over the last few weeks. We've noticed people like to go back and listen to our older episodes, which we've loved seeing. Um, yeah. We've also noticed, so One Division was episode 17 and... Uh, Beast and the Beast music is number 16 and the responses have been, have been great so thank yeah. you we're really glad you like them because we really like recording them too and thank you to everyone who has engaged in our content over on Instagram we've tried some new things mm. over the last two weeks with like quotes and uh, a bit more about us and different films and a little bit of everything and you seem to be enjoying it so as always thank you so much for your support it really brightens our days it definitely does it really does and today the episode is another Disney Plus one, and we'll be discussing and reviewing Walt Disney's Walt Disney Studios' 59th, 59th animated feature, Raya and the Last Dragon. They was us being excited about 18, Rosie, and they've got I know. 59. We've got a long way to go. We have. Um, <laughs> not got quite a legacy yet, you know? Mm. As this was released on Disney Plus's premiere access, we are aware that not everyone will have had the opportunity to watch it yet, or you might be waiting to watch it when it's in general release in June. So if this is you, there will be spoilers ahead. So please come back and listen to this episode after you've watched it. We don't want to ruin it for you. We're sorry in advance. Sorry. Yeah. We now realise we've done two. Well, you need to have seen it, really. But um... yeah sorry we have to be um, on trend sorry we do we do this is <laughs> we stay do relevant to, we have to be relevant you know so so come back to this when you've watched it it will still be here and it will still be relevant because you've just seen it although to be fair if you're not someone who's massively obsessed with spoilers and you don't really care mm-hmm. about knowing what happens and you want to enjoy the film then you probably will still enjoy our conversation that it might make true. you want to go and watch it if you're undecided mm-hmm. about watching the film this might convince you one way or the other but if you're one of those people who was like i must go in completely like um unknown to everything mm-hmm. not the episode for you if you haven't seen yeah. it yet <laughs> if you have trailers then yes don't don't listen yeah. to this one <laughs> So, yes, so we'll be discussing the reception of the film, as always. Katie will deliver her classic plot summary. (laughs) My infamous, then our infamous ones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We'll be discussing the main themes, the characters, and also the score slash music. And, of course, giving it our classic score out of 10. Interesting. I'm not sure what way that's going to go I don't know where I'm going I've got vibes. Like, I've got vibes-ish about where I'm going to be. It's hard. It's hard because I... I just I, some of my other films going forward I still don't know what I'm giving them so I'm like mm. if I don't know what I'm giving them I don't know what I'm giving this so we'll just nice see where this episode goes <laughs> please stand clear of the doors por favor manténganse alejado de las puertas so with that <laughs> let's get started with fun fact number one so the name Raya was chosen as it has a special significance in Southeast Asia in Malay it means celebration and evokes a joyful time where people come together around a lot of food. That sounds like my kind That sounds of like thing. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds ideal. Mm-hmm. And it also has a special meaning in the south of Thailand. And it means one who leads. 
So this makes so much sense. It makes so much sense, so relevant, and the name yeah. has so much meaning, and I love that. Another detail that Disney always they just put so much effort into it, and I love it. Love it. But it's like because Moana doesn't Moana mean like is it water? Yeah. Um, or I think ocean. It's something. I think it's yeah. something like that. Um it's like Swahili, maybe. I have to research that. But I remember reading mm. that Moana also had like a, a meaning as well. Because I know they also changed her name in some of the releases. I knew she was called like Oceana or, or something mm. like oh, that. Oh yeah, it is Oceana. Yeah. So it must um, be something to do with ocean. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Clearly I'm a linguist. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I always like that when they kind of add this extra elements into because obviously you've got some like Rapunzel or um mm. like Cinderella you can't really change that name because it's no, part of the original story exactly exactly so when they have a bit more freedom it's nice to see and it's one. nice because it's like cultural representation through a name yes well, which we'll like definitely be talking about throughout absolutely yes so that brings us to segment number one, where we set the scene, talk you through the plot, the background of the film, and some of the reviews. We've got some banging reviews for you today, <laughs> let me tell you. We are ready. <laughs> um, so, a, br- a brief plot summary. Slightly easier than the, than the one division one. Oh, so yeah. that's a good start. So, um, the film opens, it's quite... Um, it's quite what we're looking for, like nondescript, like a desert, and then we kind of get like a flashback quite quickly. So it kind of mm. sends us back in time quite quickly. Um, and we learn that there was this land called Kumandra, um, where everyone lived in peace and harmony and life was fantastic and great. Yay, humans. Because the humans also live in harmony with dragons and dragons are magical and they're really cool dragons because they like can fly and they can swim and they're just well cool. Mm-hmm. And then one day, out of nowhere, um, this, this evil thing called a drone, um, basically like an evil force, kind of starts turning people to stone. And everyone's like, oh no, what's happening here? So um, the dragons aren't impressed. So the dragons try and fight it. But then the drone can also turn the magical dragon to stone. Everyone's not. Everyone's a bit scared. Mm. So the dragons basically come together. They put all of their magic <clears throat> into this um well, one dragon in particular, Sisu, who becomes the focus. She is apparently the last dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as the title indicates, <laughs> um, she basically puts all of her dragon magic, she was the last dragon standing, puts all of her dragon magic into this gem, which basically sends the drone away, um, and everyone, all the humans, come back from stone. But sadly, mm. the dragons don't come back, uh, and the world is now without dragons, and no one knows what happened to Sisu. Yeah, but then we pick up like several years in the future. I guess a long way in the future, isn't it? I think it's like six years. I thought it was longer, but I think it's just six years, which is a lot. No, of I mean the bit with not not the not Ryan's jump forward. Oh, uh, when she's a when she's younger. I see. Yeah. Apologies. So this we, is why you do the plot summaries. This is why. <laughs> So we basically jump, this is like an ancient tale. Like if you've seen Moana, it's quite similar vibes, isn't it? Like where you get like the backstory and like cartoon, like um, more like puppet show animation. Yeah. And we jump about the present day um, and that's kind of like an ancient tale and then we meet Raya and Raya is probably like in her, t- her teens maybe yeah like, I think so I think she's maybe about like 12 12 14 I think is the vibe we're going for mm-hmm. um, and she's basically preparing for this this trial to become a, a guard of the um the gem of Sisu and um, turns out her dad is, is the main man <laughs> um of there and so she becomes um a a warrior of basically a protector of this, this this stone because the stone basically keeps um, well what was once Kumandra together. Mm-hmm. Sadly, as humans do, humans ruin things. Um, so Kumandra has because split. So once Sisu basically like sacrificed himself, um, she was gone. So the humans basically turned each other, and the Kumandra was split into I think it's five different places. So you have heart, fang, yeah. tail, talon, 
and did I, do, did I say tail? Spine. Yeah. Spine. Spine, thank you. Um, different parts of the dragon. Um, and they basically are all at war. So mm-hmm. um, heart is, is the place that guards the um, the gem and that's where Raya and her dad are from. So basically Raya's dad, it's well cool, invites everyone over and is like, let's all just chill. Let's all be friends. Doesn't really go his way. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up getting shot in the leg um, and then by some basically horrible accident because people are stupid, um, the druna are back. Mm-hmm. And they start turning people to stone. Um, and what we see is basically the dad sacrifices himself um, to save Raya because the gem piece was smashed to smithereens because people are stupid and basically the world turns upside down. So Raya is then thrown off a bridge by a dash to protect her. So ironically, <laughs> it's <is> very dramatic. <laughs> um, and then we flash forward six years later, but basically yes. most people, this is where Rosie was thinking, yeah. where I think she meant to be about like 16, 18, mm. that tends to be what we get. Uh, oh, I forgot a crucial part. Um, in that section um, where the people come and visit, Ryan makes friends with another young girl and goes yeah. to show her the gem of Sisu in trust and faith because that's what her dad has taught her. This little girl is a bit of a bag backstabber uh, and basically ruins the whole place uh, yeah. because she reports, this is where the gem is. Is it Natori? Is that her name? Namari. Namari. It's because they, they never call themselves their actual names. <laughs> they no. give themselves names. I always forget what her name is. Namari. Um, mm-hmm. And Namari basically summons, she's from, from um, Fang, she summons the people to come and steal the gem. So she basically wrecks the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so we skip forward six years and Raya is now searching for all of these pieces of the gem to put them back together to try and find Sisu to basically put the world back together and get her dad back. That's kind of the summary of where then the film goes, um, because we then she, she finds Sisu and Sisu thinks it's still hundreds of years ago, yeah. And all the dragons are still gone, and it's basically Raya and um, Sisu working on this quest together to go across all five lands um, to try and retrieve these different um, gem pieces, because each um, chief, if you like, of each place took a gem piece. Um, mm-hmm. Really dramatic, very action based. Um, we get lots of new friends um, as we move along the way. Um, and the whole film kind of ties down to trusting one another and basically trying to um, make sure that you can believe in one another and not hate each other in order to make a better world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because by the end of the film, before kind of the um, rectification comes, um, most most people are stone. It's like, if you see an Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, they're the vibes I got, if you're yeah. a Marvel fan. Because it's like most of the world is gone. They've all been yeah. turned to stone. It's desolate. Um, yeah, it's like, it's desperate times. So there's a lot of death and depression and stuff in this film. So it's very, very deep. Um, mm-hmm. So there are some mature levels to the film, too, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So then we get to the end. It's a Disney movie, so it's a happy ending. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And the fact that they do defeat it, but maybe not in the way that you expect. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get a nice ending. Um, but we'll talk about the ending more later because yeah. I have some problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's, that's the, the brief summary it's a classic adventure story but obviously it's led yeah. by women and it is set in um like southeast asia um so it was released um on the 5th of march of this year um on disney plus premier access so i know in the uk it's at 20 pounds to access it and then i think in the us it's like 30 dollars yeah um, i know people kind of have problems around this but if, if you kind of divide it by family of four which I think is the way that Disney have thought about it. It's like five pounds each for the cinema, yeah. which is I know what like my family's family of five, so that would normally like I've already watched it three times. Yeah, <laughs> um, but paying my twenty pound, I did. Yeah. 
but obviously that, that's not the case for everyone but that's i think the, the way that disney look at it is that it's a family cinema ticket price yeah um so it was then released cinematically in the us and canada as well um because they're they, some of some of their cinemas are still open apparently mm. um so it was in production for more than three years uh, and was originally called dragon empire i didn't know this in the <laughs> early stage of development so raya is the first princess of southeast asian ethnicity so this film is a massive step forward in representation yeah. i think that's, we'll talk about that more later but in terms of the visuals the music the action the way the cinematography everything yeah. comes back to that southeast asian culture and um, so it's it's really revolutionary in the way that it presents basically it's not hasn't got white people in it yeah <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a huge thing yeah, yeah. um and it was animated entirely at home due to the pandemic, uh, much like Pixar's Soul, which is pretty insane when you look at the quality of the, yeah. uh, the animation. So, yeah, there's your, there's your background. There's a summary. Rosie, tell us about the reviews. <laughs> that was very good. Um, it's so, hard when they're complicated. I'm like, I feel is. like I need to, like, you know, like when Olaf does his little summary. Yeah, in, in you need to do two. that. I think it's just because when we do, like, the classics, they're just a lot easier. They're a lot more simple. They're much basic, aren't they? It's like, this happens, this happens, this happens. But with these, there's always a twist or something. There's so else. much depth, you know. It's, it's like, got you hard have to know. For you. <laughs> it has. I was like, oh yeah, Namari is quite a big part. I was like, I completely forgot. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, are you going to mention that part? And then you did, and I was like, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I remembered. I caught myself. Yeah, yeah, it's a big task. You did well. Thank you. So, moving on then to the reception reviews and scores. So this is an interesting film actually because the reception's been quite split. Um, we've had people that have enjoyed it, but they didn't think it was the best Disney film ever. And we've had people that really didn't like it and said that it was a waste of money. Some people have well, gone even further. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have, which we will uh, we will explain. <laughs> but why did they pay for it? Is what I'm going to say. We'll get to it in a minute. So, <laughs> starting with the scores. So on IMDb, this film got 7.5 out of 10. So quite high. Quite high. It's like 75%. That's, yeah. That's not bad. Obviously, we have to take into account it's only been out for not even a month yet. So we'll so, have less reviews and yeah, stuff. Yeah, these are like the initial reviews. And obviously, that will get re-reviewed in June when everyone can watch it as well. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what the difference is at that point, if it goes down or up. Because you probably get more critic reviews and audience reviews at the moment. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank so, you. But yes. <laughs> so that's, that is that is quite high because Moana's got 7.6. Frozen's got 7.4. And Tangled has got 7.7. Tangle on top. Excellent. I know. I was like, that's about right. But like, I was like, <laughs> they're all kind of in line with yeah. each other. So it wasn't like Raya's crazily dropped or crazily gone above all of them. So it kind of fits in with the, yeah. the typical recent modern princess films, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that changes. That's a good comparison. Thank you for those. They thank are, you. That, is, that is insightful. Well, thank you. We're here to, <laughs> we're here to educate and compare. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics gave it 94% which is high. Wow, that is that very, is so very high. high. Yeah. Um, I don't know, again, if that's just because there's... Like one there's person. Few, <laughs> there's definitely more than one, but I don't think there's... Obviously, there's not been as many as there has for the other films. So, again, that'll probably change. It might dip. That's Bob Chapek, that is. Like, he, yeah. He's coming for one review. <laughs> Different accounts. <laughs> yeah, he was like, we'll, we'll make it high, but not too high. We won't give it 100%. We'll go 94 people suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> and then, interestingly, as we have found with other things, the audience have given it a lower score on Rotten Tomatoes, and they've given it 86%. Still um, quite high. Pretty high, yeah. That is high compared to some of the other audience mm-hmm. percentages we've had in other episodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is quite, that is really high. So, 
yeah. And then moving on to Metacritic, who typically review these sort of films, um, they gave it a 75 out of 100, so exactly the same as IMDb, like if you put IMDb in a percentage. Um, the critics gave, yeah, the critics gave it 7, 75 out of 100, sorry, and then the audience gave it 7.2 out of 10, so slightly less. Mm. But all around, people have kind of gone... It's generally positive, isn't it? Yeah, generally positive scores. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been well received in that respect. However, the reviews <laughs> tell another story. <laughs> so we'll start with some more positive ones. Um, so Ali Jean, definitely butchered oh, that name. Lovely name. So sorry if you're listening. Um, on IMDb, uh, she put, I love it as I'm from Thailand. It's a dream oh. come true to see the culture from my region to show the world. I have to say they did really well on research. Oh, that's that. really interesting to hear from someone who is obviously yeah. from from um from asia to hear exactly. that is really cool and i think that's what the impact of this film has is that people tend mm-hmm. to miss if you are white um yeah. is that we tend we, we appreciate it but we don't always appreciate the level of how impactful it is yeah. um and that's really nice and to hear that their research is good is also really good because i yeah. know obviously mulan came under a lot of fire for that mm-hmm. um definitely so that's really cool yeah because it's easy for us to say like oh they've done really well with the cultural representation but we you know, we, we're not from that culture. No. So it's, we, it's we so do nice not to represent the culture. No. <laughs> so then we've got Ben Travis from Empire Magazine. We love an Empire one, don't we? We do. I do tend to go for those. We do. Not biased, nothing. No. <laughs> but <laughs> they tend to be good. Um, so he said, Disney delivers a vibrant action fantasy epic with another heroine who feels legitimately revolutionary. Raya rules. Bring on the next step in a princess evolution. Oh yes, Ben. Yes, I feel I feel the like power there. Like, so like I need to like grab my pitchfork or something and yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, like in the mob song and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, <laughs> <my face. laughs> yeah, so that's that's nice, very good. Um, and then we've got an interesting username, um, Time Up Time oh. Down on IMDb. Um, says, oh. rainstorms of forgiveness wash over the arid desert shapes of humankind. The spirit of unity and oneness reborn out of the hope of five different people who were challenged to see what they had in common and not what made them different. That blew my pot summary out of the water, didn't it? <laughs> How elegant. Thank you. It, it was very eloquent, but, you know, it's not got all the details yours had, so don't worry. Thank you. Um, but I think we should ask um, Time Up, Time Down to come and do our guest. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> but it is very, that is a very accurate um kind of description I guess of yeah it's a succinct way yes yeah um so yeah and then Aravira from IMDb said I very much appreciated a movie where the main character's a woman and not once did the movie make a big deal about it Mm -hmm. that was cool if I had a daughter I'd be very happy to show her a movie that features women who are powerful and strong and the entire movie isn't about them having to prove it to some man yes 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 I love that. Aravira, we agree. Yes. I love it. I love the empowerment. I love I love the message people, these people. <laughs> these ones. To be fair, I haven't even thought about, I guess because as a woman, mm-hmm. seeing seeing women on screen is like what, how it should be. Obviously, yeah. that's what we feel as women. Um, mm-hmm. But that's such a good point. I haven't even picked up on the fact that they're not proving themselves to any men. There's nope. no... There's no like male sidekick really. Like they have no. like, a team, but there's no one that having to prove themselves to. So that is very insightful. Thank you. Yes, because they are the ones when you think about it with the most power as well over what happens. Yeah. So that yes, doesn't typically happen. Them, which we'll talk about. We have a second mm. on that, don't we? So we'll talk about that in a bit yeah. more detail. 
but very insightful. Thank you, uh, Aravira. And then we have Kevin Maher from The Times. Um, he said, you'll watch the last 30 minutes of the movie on the verge of tears. Yes, yes. Mm. I don't, I don't think I was on the verge. I was in tears. <laughs> Did I cry? I don't think I cried. Did you not? I didn't get oh it quite my. as emotionally as uh, I expected to. But I think we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that's... There's a specific it. moment that sets me off every time and I'll mention what that is. And maybe, oh. then, you'll, maybe then you'll see. Oh, I see. Okay. What you miss. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, after Tro on IMDb said, I'm not a fan of most things Disney, but I really enjoyed this film. Oh. Made me it was visually beautiful and the characters I found to be pretty interesting it also didn't rely on musical numbers which was a breath of fresh air so this controversial yes this is a point that comes up quite a lot when you look at the reception of this film people are saying but it didn't have music in it where are the songs or isn't it funny i didn't even notice no neither did i neither did i like a facebook group that i'm in like a disney one they were like there was no songs i was like oh yeah i didn't even click i didn't it didn't didn't click to me either. I think. So then I was sat there and I was like, "Did every Disney film have?" Yeah. So, so then it turns out there's only 15 Disney animated films that don't have songs in them. <gasps> wow. So Raya's one of those, and I'm fairly sure Raya's the only princess. Yeah, film I think that doesn't I think have. She is, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's quite unique. Yeah. Um. But yes, people did have a problem with that. We um, also have a segment on that. See we do. We're very prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Papitoro on IMDb said, great animation, great visuals, good voiceover for Raya, nice score, sure. But what an abysmal lack of imagination in everything. And everything's in caps, by the way, just so you know how passionately this person felt. No, but that, sorry, 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 Papitoro, Toro, whatever your name is. (laughs) How can you say the animation is great and the visuals are great? But there's no imagination in everything. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No, it Sorry. Next. Sorry, you need I'm imagination. They would say, thank you, next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that no. doesn't make any sense. No, That's the it thing. doesn't. Like, you can't have an animation. You can say this in a business lack of imagination. Oh. <laughs> imagination in characters or plot, or if it's something specific, yeah. you can't praise the animation and then say there's the needs imagination for the end. Do you know it's animated and that means it's not real? Do you, and do you they've. Know that? They've also put everything, so that includes the uh, the stuff you've just said is good, by the yeah. way. So you've just <laughs> retracted from your statement. The animation required imagination to function. Well, we'll move on. Um, we will. Oh. So then Dr. Darkness... Oh, no, this does not sound good. ...said, aside from the animation, which is gorgeous, the movie comes through as a lukewarm experience. The characters are two-dimensional, the plot is unimaginative, the jokes aren't funny, I didn't chuckle even once, and the world itself is just meh. Well, Dr. Darkness lives up to his name. Although, what I will say with Dr. Darkness is I get a little bit of this. Like, I'm not as okay. intense as this, but I, yeah. I get some of his points. I think he's a bit strong mm-hmm. with quite a lot of them, but I, I get some of them. I did, I did laugh. I did yeah. laugh. I, you know, have a good sense of humour. Yes. Um, but I, I get some of the points, which I think actually we, we touch on in the next yes. review. Okay. Next, we have Watcher 101. And they said, this would have worked so much better as a TV series, where they actually had the time to explore the characters and the places and get to know everyone and establish a connection to get us invested. But instead, it was quickly mashed together in something that, while enjoyable, is ultimately forgettable. Hmm. I, I agree to be with fair, you. A TV series would have been sick. Uh, like, I agree. With all the, the five different like lands, mm-hmm. 
if we had like an episode in each land and we'd get to see mm-hmm. like the different um like the different like inhabitants of each land and like yeah. you know maybe, maybe like if she'd stayed overnight in each place that would be really cool mm-hmm. um so yeah I do get that I do think that's one of my my points to talk about a bit later I do feel like the plot felt a little bit rushed a little bit yeah. stop and start at times mm-hmm. um which surprised me Disney but I wonder again if that's to do with animating from home um yeah is that actually when things have been put together it's obviously if you're in one room together it's easier to do that than it is from separate houses yeah communication is um, just a lot easier and creativity is a lot easier when you're around yeah. people but I also wouldn't say it's forgettable um, no I think that's a bit strong again mm-hmm. um yeah no so yes and lastly oh, we included this one for fun well banger <laughs> this one is Bandameek said Another stupid feminine garbage with great visuals. I hate feminine movies, but Tangled is far better than this movie. Um, sorry. I don't know where to start with this one, to be honest. I have issues with the grammar. Garbage is capitalised. <laughs> um, what was behind that, I don't know. Um, um, I'd be concerned if this person feels uh, feminine films are stupid, um, mm-hmm. that you assess yourself. Yeah. Because um, women exist. Sorry, yeah. sorry to break it to you, but strong women are quite common in yeah. today's world. Always have been, always will be. Um, so if you don't like it, uh, go educate yourself. And if they're trying to say feminine, as in stereotypically girly, I'm sorry, but this film is the complete opposite of that. Like, Well, that, that, that's what makes me think that actually they're just annoyed that it's female characters. Just, it's just because, because all the main characters are women, that's what it is. God there's forbid. There's no man. There's no man that takes over the whole film. Sorry. Heaven forbid that um, women manage on their own. Yeah, and it's actually I'm offended on Tangled's behalf because he clearly thinks that Tangled is not a feminine feminist movie. Yeah, because of course when women are locked up in towers and require a man to guide them round, mm-hmm. that's when women are at their best. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you need to. Educate We're not yourself, impressed, my friend. Um, yeah. So that's the reception, and also um, another thing just to mention was that the film has had a little bit of criticism for its casting choices for the oh. voicing actors so basically there's there's a bit of a lack of southeast asian representation in its voice cast because many of them are from east asian descent like aquafina and Gemma chan um so there's been mm. a little bit of like scrutiny people have been a bit mm. like ah you tried but you didn't quite how i always feel like this to an extent is a bit much like you look for example like marvel movies right american movies how Mm -hmm. like chris hemsworth australian tom holland english i feel like there comes an extent where as long as you've got it overall and Mm -hmm. you've got that like you know in america if if you're setting a a film in america in texas not all of your actors are going to be from texas it's just not possible to do that um very few very few films or TV series have everyone from that specific yeah. area because it doesn't work that way. Um, no. And I think it'd be different, like with something um, in Mulan, which we'll talk about at a mm. later date, like the live action Mulan, where actually most of the crew were actually white and yeah. weren't from Asia. Um, there were some, but most of the, like, the main decision makers were, mm-hmm. I think, again, were like white males again. Um, that's problematic because you're yes. kind of you're selling equality and culture and not backing it up yeah not showing it yourself yeah I think if you're like if you're talking like boundary lines I think that's a little bit different um yeah. you know it's quite nitpicky to be honest and to, and, like... and then on the flip side so you discriminate against people who are from 
East Asia that they can't be in a Southeast Asian film. Like I don't, mm-hmm. especially when a film like this is not, it's in an imaginary, imaginary place. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly. as if you're saying it's in this one particular town where you have had a particular dialect. Um, yeah. It's fun, it's fantastical. So I think the fact that we shouldn't be looking for problems, we should be celebrating the fact that this is, a revolutionary cultural um, development in the yeah. fact that we're recognizing this. It's been a great year for um, Asian cinema in the last two or three mm-hmm. years with recognition, and it's great. And I think rather than trying to look for problems that people always try and do, well, yeah, um, what we've noticed, just celebrate it. Like I say, you know, the amount of times that, or as someone from Liverpool, the amount of times that you get people doing really bad Liverpool accents, <laughs> like, but you just you just go with it because it depends who auditions, who's the best yeah. for the part, and you have to balance who's best for the part and who. Um, who who you know it also comes down to networking and who has mm-hmm. the talent and who has the availability as well not every actor is available all the time um yeah. so yeah I think that I think that's a bit harsh um mm. especially you know different if they were all from like like another country yeah that's very, very different because then that's actively not choosing yeah. to represent in who you're casting and I think I think like the the, the response it's had from like Kelly Marie Tran who obviously is the voice of Raya yeah as as an Asian woman, I think that tells us about it. It tells us about the impact that film has had. When we listened to that review from Ali Jan before, yeah, the impact that it has. You know, it'd be great if every film could always be from, you know, every place. But then I also don't think that is great because the whole point of an actor is that you take on someone that you're not. Because mm-hmm. it's fiction. Yeah, there has to be a balance, in my opinion, between not just giving roles to people because they're from yeah, that area either. That's a problem in itself is just ticking a box and saying, oh, yeah. we've covered this. We've re- we're representing these people. And then you're using people because of where they're from rather yeah. than because they deserve an opportunity exactly. or they're the best. Um, you know, again, there should be a balance. People should be given opportunities. Of course they should. Mm-hmm. But going to a place and just choosing people because of their race or their background is wrong as well. So you yeah. have to find have to find a balance. Um, I personally think the film did this quite well. I think if pe- if other people from my Asian descent or Asian background have an opinion, let us know because I'm interested yeah. to know. Yeah, um, same. Again, we're not we're not from Asia. But also yeah. on the flip side, like you were saying, like Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran, like she was saying, it means a lot to her that she's finally being represented in the film because she mm-hmm. said that she thinks back to her moments in her childhood and she she couldn't see herself represented in any of these films. Yeah. So she was like, this was such a big deal for me because not only did I get to play that role. She was thinking like, well, if that was young me watching me now, she would be wow. so happy because she could relate and actually see herself on the screen. So it's definitely a huge, huge step yeah. up. Like, it's yeah. great. And I think sometimes, like I say, it comes under more scrutiny when it's um, like unrepresented minorities within places. Mm. But you look at the fact, like I said, that most people in, in, in standard films aren't the accent they have. They're not from yep. the place they're filming from. Because it's just not practical. No, um, it's, it's And not that's not the way the world works. And you're, again, then you're cutting out other people's opportunities again because people mm-hmm. from then East Asian descent. So do they have to sit around and wait for an East Asian yeah, film? Yeah, exactly. But it's just very problematic. I think like once people start getting into this too much, like there's no need to go this no. deep into it like just appreciate what they've done appreciate all the differences that we've got here and the way the world is growing and we're moving forward like, and call just... it out when it is wrong yeah like, with definitely. the Mulan one yeah like on screen fantastic casting behind the camera mm. questionable decisions about the well, crew that's the other thing with this is that most of the people behind the scenes were women as well with this yeah. film all of the people like the producers the yeah. writers directed like they were women which is great mm-hmm. um so you know in that sense representation yeah. 
Yeah. Celebrate the representation, like, and the jet and the the the, the variety of representation, mm-hmm. because that's what we should always be looking for. We should always be looking for a variety. Um, yeah. you know, did people when Black Panther was made? I don't know if all the actors were actually born in Africa. Well, no. Wakanda's no. not a real place. So <laughs> sorry to break it to everyone, um, but that that's just what happens. And if I recall correctly. Black Panther didn't come under scrutiny no, for the fact that, no. that some of the actors weren't actually African. No, it didn't. That was very vastly celebrated. So it's, it's frustrating again because you kind of think like, ah, uh, this is a film about women. And you kind of think like Black Panther obviously is a male protagonist. So True. you kind of wonder like whether sometimes people are a bit more nitpicky. You also have the Asian element as well, which is really con- contextual and relevant today in that there's yeah. quite a lot of problems at the minute in that when Asian... Um, when Asian achievements um, or problems face Asian communities, it tends to be downplayed and not as publicised as much. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a really That's cultural film to be out at the moment um, and yeah. to, to stimulate those discussions. So I think it's an interesting comparison to make is the fact that someone's going to come in and criticise this, but Black Panther, which I love the film, yeah, of but course. you know, Black Panther was celebrated for its diversity and yeah. its um, representation, even though I mean I don't know, but I, I know that not all of them because um, no. Chadwick Boseman was American, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being more inclusive, being more diverse. So that's a win in our books, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah. We, we get quite passionate about representation. We do, we do. But <laughs> yeah, that's to summarise the reception, <laughs> to give a background on yes. how people have felt about it so far. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. And that takes us into Disney's fun fact number two. So fans of Raya and the Last Dragon may not know that the film is actually in production for more than three years before we mentioned it before her introduction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was originally rumoured back in 2018 under the title Dragon Empire, which I, I don't think I ever heard of it when it was under that title. No, I didn't either. No. This was a new uh, And it was officially announced at Disney's 2019 uh, D23 Expo. I remember that because I remember you being really excited because it had dragons in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like... Loves How to Train Your Dragon. So I was like, this is like the perfect film for Rosie because it has dragons. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that brings nicely into segment number two, where we're going to talk about the themes and the messages. So throughout the film, there were some common themes and messages represented. So Rosie, what do you think the main themes were when you were watching it? So I think one of the, well, if not the main theme, is about kind of unity, but also Mm. a broken community. And then in line with that, trust. I think trust is definitely the main theme of the whole film. It's literally mentioned (laughs) like every five minutes in the film. And I think like, I think that was the most important thing in the film is what they were trying to say is that, you know, you have to work together instead of pitting each other against each other because that's more productive and that's the better way to be. And I feel like that's especially prevalent when, you know, um, I was going to say Moana's dad, (laughs) Raya's dad, um, was trying to get them all of the different Mm -hmm. um, areas of Kamandra together over some food. Um, Because that's that like food a real, looks so good. it does. It looks so good. That's a real like community thing to do. And he was trying to obviously bring everyone together around that and try and you know bring Kamandra back together in, in unity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's definitely the theme that you, you can take away from the film, yeah. like throughout the whole thing. Um, and I feel like Kamandra itself is kind of like a visual metaphor for unity in any way. Yeah, it, I love like that connecting. image. I love it. When I saw it was the shape of a dragon, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. And then when it was like each section was named after a part of a dragon so as cool. well, 
I was like, that's amazing. So yeah, I feel like the land itself is a, is a visual metaphor for unity. And then when it's broken up, we see that it no longer represents a dragon, like the, yeah. the map is no longer a dragon anymore. And then, you know, that's kind of like, it's a broken world, but also a broken, like the people are broken. Um, very deep. Very deep. Yes, yeah, very deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like the idea is to kind of ask ourselves like what obstacles there are to unity. Because I think the thing is, you mentioned this earlier, humanity is flawed like we're so flawed sadly but we have sadly. to accept that we are yeah but that's the other thing I like is I like films to be realistic and I like it to show what humanity really is and I think this film shows how greed and power yeah um and misjudgment things like that can completely get in the way that's so um, true and I think if you listen to our I remember one of my friends listened to our soul episode and said they felt like they'd gone uh, to therapy after our <laughs> episode but I think that's why we love that film so much again mm-hmm. it's because it like you said, it looks at because Joe is pretty flawed. We talked about that Definitely. at the time. Yeah. And these seem to be the films that are really um engaging because you see your own world in it, don't you? Like you just mm-hmm. do like because every day we see, you know, in the news, people are hurting each other or trying to find problems with one another. And yeah. I, so I think you're right. I think we that's why those films are quite interesting to us, particularly when we try and review them, because you know, they're not singing animals. <laughs> yeah. Um, we still love the animals but yes. there's not they're not like singing fantastical it's still fantasy but it's rooted in reality and I think that they're the most interesting ones yeah and I think especially I saw an article about how it's kind of especially relevant because if you think about it what they were going through on Kamundra was a pandemic in a way um, yeah. because it was a global crisis so like yeah um it's relatable even more to us it's kind of you know fitting that this film came out while we're in a pandemic because I feel like we can relate even more to kind of the world being not in a stable place um and obviously like we all had to kind of work together to get through this and the frustrations that we all have on other people don't follow for the greater good um and the decisions that you have to make as an individual and the sacrifices you have to make as as a person in order to protect other people are very prevalent in this mm-hmm. um and you know that kind of self versus the group is so prevalent throughout this whole film so Definitely. yeah I think you're right yeah and I think you can just kind of relate because like I think also another theme is loss um because mm-hmm. obviously pe- when the people's family members turn to stone they're not they're not dead but you don't know if they're going to come back because the, if the whole land is taken yeah. over by the drone at some point everyone especially could be after six years you would mm. you would wouldn't give up but you would kind of there'd be a part of you that would be like this could be it forever yeah because that's a big chunk of life especially if you know you're like Raya's age like that's a big chunk of your life that you've been without exactly and when you look at so some of the supporting characters we have Captain Boone who can only be about like six between six and ten he's not very Mm -hmm. old at all and then we have a baby in in it as well Uh... a ninja baby um but again you know she's literally been left on her own because her parents returned to stone and she's having to fend for herself yeah. as a baby so yeah. I think you're right I think it it also it brings home that fact that which I have to try in a second, second but again a bit like Avengers I think there's a lot of parallels with Endgame and Infinity War there as well is. as Marvel in this because I feel like Marvel are also addressing this idea with that I don't know if anyone's watching <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier but like their latest episode talks about like I mentioned you know why should these people stay in um, power when they you know it all went wrong and mm. it's, it's questioned a lot of our social constructs um yeah and it also reminds you that no one is immune no one is immune from these types of things the fact that like you know full families will disappear the mm-hmm. fact that chiefs disappear same with like our pandemic that we have like most of the world leaders probably have had the virus yeah and have been out of play for a few weeks they've been ill um, exactly. 
same as celebrities so I think you're right it's I didn't even thought about it to that extent but it is a really direct reflection I think of, of where we are right now which is ironic given that it was being planned three years ago yeah it is it's like they knew <laughs> this was gonna yeah. happen but I think it's just obviously like another theme that I've kind of already touched on but like you know unity as mm. as a community or as a world like that's definitely represented in this film and, and how important that really is yeah and like obviously that's been represented for us because we've already had to try and get through this pandemic yeah. and try and do what we can to get back to some kind of normality and essentially that is kind of what happens in riot yeah. like they're trying to get back to a world without the that dream they knew before yeah. yeah and you know with the dragons which we'll talk about later mm. um <laughs> so yeah i think they're the the main themes that i took away from it yeah. how about you i think they were all like what i thought as well i think mm. the one that you haven't mentioned that really should, mm. like stuck out to me was just a celebration of differences oh yeah and how definitely. um like for me the, the big like visual in this film is when um Raya's dad is making like this this food and he makes it using ingredients from each different part oh yeah yeah of all the different five states if you like um and that you know that food for example wouldn't have been as tasty without all those ingredients mm. the fact that when Raya goes on her mission there's a person from each different part of um, yeah commander involved our differences make us better um and I think people quite often think if someone has a different opinion to you or lives in a different place to you that they're, you know, they're not worth your time, you know, they're mm-hmm. not someone you can be friends with, they're not someone you can have a relationship with. And so I love that this film really looks at the fact that, um, it's like a, a lot of like, like philosophical theories as well that talk about like, you know, people in the workplace and like what the perfect team looks like. Mm. And it's always people who have like a different set of skills usually yeah. um, because you can fill in the gaps. Um, so I love that the film really looks at celebrating differences, but again, doesn't show it in your face. It's yeah. not like, look, mm. we're all different. And, and, you know, you have to respect the people all the time. It, it doesn't do that. It, no, it's quite subtle. You're right. It, it's, it's very clever with the way it sends messages out. So for me, the big one is celebration of differences because I think they do it so lovely visually. Um, mm. And again, I think it's really relevant. It's the idea that just because you've heard something about someone, I love the quote when, um, I love her dad. Her dad the whole way through is just oh, is, no. is great. He's such a um, gem when he says you know you're assuming things about them just that they assume things about you yeah and that is so true like so many problems I've had with people in the past is people making assumptions yeah. based on gossip or based on nothing um, yeah. and that is so dangerous because it, it it what are you basing those arguments and, and that hatred on it's literally nothing yeah um so I like that it looks at valuing people for who they are rather than, you know, trying to just assume that what you've read on the news or what someone mm-hmm. else has told you is true. I think that's a really important message for today in the world of social media and Definitely. that instant news. Just because you you hear something about someone doesn't make it true. It's a big yeah. thing um, personally and, like, socially. I think it's really, really important. Um, yeah. And I, I love that, again, they weave that in really gently. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I think it's beautiful. So that's my... Because you, I think we've discussed the rest of them. So that's my yeah. big one. Um, no, that's a, that's a really, really, like, strong one. Um, thanks. <laughs> and actually, building on what you said, because I was going to bring a point up later, but this, this fits in nicely. Oh, you excellent. said about the making the food. So yeah. later on in the film, on the boat, we have Captain Boone and the mm-hmm. rest of the gang and Raya. They make a meal, and they're all making it using different produce yeah. from each part of where they're from. And Raya adds the, the little, whatever it is, delectable ingredient that her father <laughs> added in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I love that because that happens like near the end of the film. Is, that, is it an ingredient from Fang? Because... Um, 
I don't know. I thought it was from Heart. But, but it might because I was wondering if it was from Fang that kind of echoes the fact that's that we, even more because yeah. they're not trusting um, Natari from mm-hmm. um, at all. And it's the idea that even you know sometimes people that we think we hate or people that we think are so different from us, mm-hmm. actually you end up being more similar than you think. I've had that in my life so often. Mm-hmm. Those people that I've thought, oh, like I'm not a fan or like I'm not sure we get along. And then you actually talk. I'm not talking about you, Rosie, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that is sweating like, oh, this is me. <laughs> but like, and then, you know, you talk and you realise that actually, like, you shouldn't, don't judge people by their covers, basically. Yeah, get to know someone and then, you know, you'll, you'll see, you'll be pleasantly surprised because yeah. I think the reality is you're always going to have something in common with someone. And, you yeah. know, sometimes it might not be strong enough to form a bond, but that's okay. But at least you can then empathise with that person over that situation. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, I think that's what this film's all about. And and before we move on from that point as well, it's the idea that, you know, when you look at, you know, Fang look at the villains and they make questionable yeah. choices, yeah. but they're doing it to protect their people because mm-hmm. they believe that if they kind of, you know, go and help other people, it's still questionable. But you're yeah. looking at their, their, their thought process is we can't put these hundreds of people in jeopardy for a risky shot or a risky chance yeah um and again it's that idea of you know you don't always know what other people are going through you don't know what other people are fighting for you know what they're fighting against so yeah. just because you see from the outside in doesn't mean you get the full story and I think that's another really important part of this mm-hmm. is that when, when there's like a section big spoiler alert if you want to avoid spoilers <laughs> just just skip forward like 15 seconds there's a section in this where i see so that the dragon actually gets shot because yeah. these people don't trust each other yeah um and but it happens it's, it's when natari brings out her crossbow and points it and she says you know i don't have a choice and i think mm. at that point she's making decisions based on what she thinks is right and what's right for her and her people yeah which which Raya and her her gang don't know about at that point. No. So, so I think that is another message: is the idea that you know just because someone acts a certain way or someone does something specific, um, don't always question it instantly if something yeah. is wrong. Maybe try and have a little look at what's behind the curtain first. <laughs> Again, don't assume exactly because they think they're doing the right thing, and especially Namari. Like obviously, she was younger in, in the beginning. She yeah. was being heavily inf- influenced by her mum. So yeah. her mum is basically guiding her choices, telling her what to do. And obviously at that yeah. age, you're not really necessarily going to question her. And she thinks that's the right best, uh, yeah. the, the best thing for her. And fans. again, her mum is making assumptions because they yeah. assume that Heart, because Heart's mm-hmm. where the gem is being kept, they assume that they're profiting from this magical yeah, gem, which it. they're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, it's an assumption every time. And that's what this, this film is based on. Yeah. People not listening to each other and making assumptions that are false. Yeah. And I think... When you look at racism, homophobia, um, sexism, um, mm-hmm. and then you look at like classism as well, and then you look at things like you know the general news and the media. That's where all those problems stem yeah. from because people form opinions and take action based on something that usually isn't true. Yeah, not facts, um, just so it's, theories yeah. or things that have been spun in a certain yeah. way so that you are led to believe what they want. So you I think to it believe. definitely emphasises that idea of making using your own mind. I think yeah. is really important. Um, so yeah I'll stop rambling now but I think I'm really passionate about that point and the idea yeah. that um, you know celebrate people because they're different not in mm-hmm. spite of it um, and yeah and just and make sure that you're not assuming things for other people because just because it's easier it's easier to assume than it is to ask a question yeah and just see things from other people's perspectives as well like so don't be important. so narrow-minded because it's so easy to think like someone's doing something for some reason yeah the only, the only reason you're aware of but actually if you have a conversation with them about what's going on they'll make you aware of something that you can yeah. you had no idea about 
I mean, so, not all the time. Sometimes no. people are just nasty. Yeah. But, <laughs> so but we're not saying trust everyone blindly and just get on. No. To be, yeah, we're not saying, like, you know, get into, like, straight people's vans. But, you know, no. no. If, if something <laughs> feels off, it's off. But yeah. it's more about, like, making judgments on people, I think, is the big thing. And, yeah. you know, like, like, for example, the guy from, oh, what's it called? Is it Spine? Is that where he's from? Um, like the, yeah, yeah, the bamboo the forest guy. Yeah. yeah um, and the fact that he looks really, like, aggressive and, mm-hmm. like, you know, but he's lost his whole family, and it's only when oh. they actually take a minute to look around their their surroundings, they and they realise that he's alone, and that he's acting aggressive because he's got nobody. Yeah. Um, again, a prime example of the fact that you need to always just kind of look behind the curtain a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think the world would be a lot kinder, a lot friendlier, and just a much happier place if we all just did that a little bit more. So there's yeah. my tip. There's my, my podcast tip for us all. And <laughs> I do it as well. You know, we all make judgments on people that we shouldn't Definitely. do. Um, and I think we should all endeavour to not to not do that as much because I think it makes us all quite miserable. Because yeah. hatred just eats you up a little I bit. I agree. Because if you think about, about it on the other person's end as well, like that person's so worried about what you think of them. That's the other thing. Mm. If you put yourself in someone's shoes, obviously we try not to worry about what people think of us, but we're always going to no matter yeah. what. So like, if you think about how much time you'll spend wasting, like, you know, yeah. in those in those negative thoughts and that negative energy if we could all just you know try and understand each other a bit more then that would be and amazing. alternatively what it, otherwise what it does is rather than the person being worried they end up having that hatred and that negativity yeah. back and Spike. then it just creates a really like um negative like atmosphere between people from like I've had it happen I've had it happen to me where people have kind of told me lies and things about other people um, and it's really given me a really strong opinion of them. Mm-hmm. Took about two or three years down the line, and we eventually talked. We realised everything was rubbish. Yeah. And I was like, Do you know what? I've waited three years. I could have been friends with this person. Yeah. And it, like the boat had passed, and it's a bit late. But I was like, we could have been great friends. Um, yeah. And the fact that you know, I spent all that time kind of a being annoyed at them, something they hadn't done, and mm-hmm. then kind of feeling that they were a very different person, and vice versa, because the same had been done the other way. Yeah. So it's so damaging, and that's on one tiny level. And then when you yeah. look at it on levels of, for example, like racism. Yeah. Or like you know, you look at like the celebrity stories that are like blown out of proportion on like fake news. It's mm-hmm. so prevalent today. So yeah, yeah. just be be kinder, um, be a bit more accepting, but also stay safe. <laughs> yeah, and I think that basically, basically, the message of the film is very relevant to today's society, yeah. and I think it will always be relevant because you know there's always going to be issues between people. We're yeah. human. And I like that. Like I said, I don't like those issues. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we can have problems. <laughs> <laughs> I like arguments. No, I just like that realistic themes are being shown in this film and it's not all like happy days everyone gets on. Yeah. Because it has to be shown. And especially for children, they need to be taught that this is how the world works. It's yeah. not a breeze. Um, so yeah. Yes. Very, very good. Very good discussion. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well done us. <laughs> Um, so before we move on to segment three, it's time for a small shop ad. Yay, Yay we love these. We've introduced these ads to spotlight some small shops and businesses that you can go and check out for yourself. Um, so today's episode, we're really excited. It's a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. It features Play the Poet. So you can find them on playthepoet.com and at Play the Poet on social media. So Play the Poet is a small business run by Hannah, who we both know personally, and she's so lovely. So she is. She's great. So her business basically allows you to give people the gift of poetry poetry like never before bespoke poems are crafted to order and can cater to any request no matter how general or specific 
whether you're celebrating a loved one's birthday, an anniversary, a wedding, or just want to put a smile on someone's face, shoes play the poet for a completely unique gift that can be treasured forever. So it's, I, th- I think I've seen some of, it's quite a new business that Hannah set up. Mm. Um, and it, it's fab. And she did, she did quite a bit for uh, Mother's Day. So you basically like, mm. drop her a message about what kind of poem you quite like. You can be as vague or as specific as you want. And she literally writes a poem on your behalf. Like what, what a gift. What an amazing gift to the world. Like, that's, yeah. that's really cool. And she's um her writing is beautiful. I think yeah. I can attest to that myself. Yeah. Um and she's she's really committed. I think her turnaround time seems to be quite quick as well. I know she's doing quite a lot of Mother's Day quite late. Um so please go and check out playthepoet.com for more details on this and Hannah. Uh, and make sure to go and give them a follow on Instagram at playthepoet because it's definitely worth having a look at. Um, especially if you're someone who struggles to either struggles with ideas for gifts mm-hmm. or if the person you're buying for is really difficult to buy a present yeah. for this is a really nice idea because it can fit anyone um, yeah so definitely have a look we'll be sharing that on our social media as well over the next week or so and um, so if you forget we'll remind you on social media yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll mention in a moment as well like at the well, same moment at the end of the episode um if you have a small shop uh, and you want to get involved then you could be on here too i feel like those people you know like on the buses yeah. that are like your ad here <laughs> <laughs> um but we'll mention how to do that at the end but yeah i'm i'm yeah. definitely gonna have a little look at the um at hannah's play the poet because i i love poetry so that'd be really same cool. and i think it's a nice way to convey a message that perhaps you wouldn't quite know how to convey yourself like if you're yeah. trying to say something to someone maybe you're not going to be quite as eloquent as Hannah would be mm. with her poems. So. And some people struggle to say things, like in a card, it can be mm. a little bit more awkward to like write yeah. something to be like nice and touching, um, whereas a poem kind of seems to be a bit more, I don't know, easy to hand that over and someone yeah. to read. Or again, you know, like funny things are also, it's really like, you know, you could make a really funny poem with memories. Yeah. And I think it's a nice way to collect memories as a poem. And you could frame it and that would be beautiful. What a nice... You could. You could even ask gift. for Disney-themed poems. There yes, you go. there we go. There we go. That, that might be what you what, just what you need in your office <laughs> or your lounge. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Moving on then to segment three. So we're going to talk about the female characters, which we've mentioned already. <laughs> um, but Raya, Sisu and Namari. So, as you will have heard, this film's main characters are all women. So mm-hmm. I say main, so protagonist, antagonist, and the kind of side character yeah. um, being Sisu. On each they, side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are all female, which yeah. is absolutely amazing, as we've said. And it's such a breath, uh, a breath of fresh air because yeah. it's not really happened where there hasn't actually been a man still. Yeah, like, I was of... trying to think about it. Like Moana, very independent, but Maui is there Maui's and she there. can't do it without Maui. Yeah. Frozen, I suppose, is you still have Sven, so he's still there, and I guess like Olaf. Kristoff, to be fair. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Because I said Sven, I meant Kristoff. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that like, he's quite a large part. I of was the, like, uh, why? I was like, it's not about the reindeer. Yeah, thanks, thanks for correcting the name. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because again, like, Anna can't get up a mountain without him. Like, it's yeah. fine. It's good to have male yeah, support as well. Support. But I think you're right. I think it's. I'm trying to think. I think it probably is. Because even like with Tiana, she's with Naveen the whole way yeah, through. Yeah. And when she meets and both um oh I've got their name, that's really bad. Ray and the alligator. Oh, oh no, I've forgotten his name. Louis? Louis, thank you. That was embarrassing. Yeah. I'm gonna scold myself. Your, one of your favourite films, but I know, <laughs> I know, what a shock. Um they're all men again. Yeah. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. even our most independent princesses, um Merida, to be fair. Yeah, uh, why we love 
brave yeah. everyone thank you yeah um, everyone knows um <laughs> that you love I feel like it's so downplayed because again for example parent but it's fine i'll let it go it's fine but that is interesting because brave is pixar so maybe that is why mm. pixar because pixar produced that film maybe that's why we we didn't have like a a male like predominant character in it as well it's quite interesting yeah i think yeah, that is the only one is, yeah yeah so yeah it's very different very um unique if we've missed one let us know yeah we, we, we tend to do a lot like off the cuff so we're just trying to use our knowledge but i think it is i think so as well yeah. i think you're right um so yeah so we have raya the princess of heart we have sisu who's a water dragon so cool oh, babe. and we have namari who is also a princess but of fang um, and they all have kind of different qualities and different, definitely different priorities. In the yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all of them because I, I think they really deserve, yeah. um, they each deserve equal attention, to be honest, because they're equally as prevalent in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as interesting. And so, they, I think they have like an equal impact on the film. Yeah, well. definitely. You don't see as much as Namari, for example, she yeah. has such an impact on the themes and the outcome. So yeah. yeah. And the story wouldn't work without her there. So That's very true. So yeah. So let's start with Raya then. Of course, we have to. Um, what are your thoughts on her as a character? Do you know, I do. I really like her. I love her like aggression. I love her mm-hmm. passion. I love her commitment, her dedication. Um, I love how she's really clever. Um, mm. I, I do. I love her. Although she's not on my favorite princess, and I can't tell you why. I don't know what mm. it is. I feel like, and I feel like compared to the reviews before, we don't actually get to know a lot about yeah. her. It's this classic idea of when someone goes on an adventure. And if their whole goal for the whole thing is adventure, adventure, adventure. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen some flashbacks, sort of like her and her dad when they were yeah. younger. Because um, again, like you don't see any of her friends in heart. You don't see mm-hmm. her do anything except kind of like fight and, and battle and fight. Um, mm-hmm. So she's a great character. I love that we have, you know, I love that she fights and I love that she, you know, can fight as well as the men. I love mm-hmm. that she's a protector of, of, of the gem. I love how she's very... Um, optimist and when she tries to go and find Sisu she literally goes to every river in Kumanjo yeah. to find it so she has great qualities that I think you know I definitely aspire to have she's very inspirational and yeah. um, just not one of my top girls sadly uh, because mm-hmm. I do think she's slightly missing just a little something just just something I can't even put my finger on what it is but it's just something no um, I know what you mean I, I think it is because we didn't get a huge kind of backstory like with her or we yeah, didn't get her, to see a lot of her we don't tend to get a lot of her actual personality mm-hmm. like which is a shame and it, to be fair it happens with quite a lot of men who are in main roles as well is that mm-hmm. when you have when you have a character that's driving the plot you have to use them for the plot you can't use them as well to um always I mean it's things like Moana for example you get her personality the whole way through which yeah. is really cool yeah. I just feel like we were missing that a little bit with Raya and I think that's one of my big problems as well I was chatting to one of my friends Amy and we said the same thing that for me the film felt a bit too similar to Moana mm-hmm. um, and I felt like we were trying to emulate the same vibes of like an adventure but for me Moana is just a bit more likable mm-hmm. um sorry everyone um <laughs> but i think that's just because she is a bit like more fierce which is great it's it's great mm-hmm. you know i'm not dis- dissing her as a character i think she's fantastic and i think i think her commitment and her kind of like passion is is commendable i just find her at times like a little bit inward looking i think yeah. you know she's not particularly nice to see sue throughout she doesn't really give yeah. her much credit <laughs> she's actually a magical dragon um 
but I think it's because she's focused, so focused on her goals. But I think it's a shame that we we didn't see as much of her like personality. And that mm. kind of comes down to I think the film is a little bit brushed in its plot. Yeah, I think they tried five is a lot of places to go through mm-hmm. in one film. Um, you know, there's a lot of traveling that we don't see, and I think it would have been nice to have seen slightly more chill chats. I think flashbacks would have worked really well. I think if we'd had some flashbacks, yeah, like I agree. her mum. Anyone know where her mum was? That was going to be my point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the question. It's like we don't actually know what happened to her mum, and it's yeah. that kind of backstory that makes you really kind of sympathize or empathize with the character, like Raya or like with Moana. Like you can really kind of get what's happened to them and feel. Same it. with Tiana, actually. Yeah, with Tiana. So like with Moana, for example you have her mum her dad and her grandma so mm-hmm. you have her like you know her family what she's connected to yeah and um, with like, Tiana you have you know her mum I love Tiana's mum I know she's and so that, great like her dad's memory pushes her through the whole yeah. thing um and that also gets me a little bit that you know she's fighting to get her dad back but she still doesn't seem to get her dad's values yeah so, of, exactly although she's pushing it and she's she's fighting for her dad mm-hmm. and in the same like Tiana obviously it's a little bit like missed with that but like Tiana's you know about like hard work she's following mm-hmm. in that thing you know because that's the way her dad was so I I, I think for me it's I find it a little bit difficult with Raya because she's not she's pushing it mainly to be fair for her dad to get her dad back which is fine yeah. that's fair but fair, I think it's but... hard to get to know who she is as a person yeah um, which is fair because for six years she's been traveling around lost she was um, shoved off a bridge she was, her so it's fair uh, I just think but when you put her next to other characters it's mm-hmm. just that comparison comes through so I think a, se- a series would have been quite nice yeah um, I still I, I think animation wise I think she's got some of the best sense of style of most oh characters. definitely amazing amazing um, really practical but again she doesn't listen to people and that's the whole point of the mm. film yeah um, I do get that <laughs> but it's okay to be annoyed at someone's flaws though as well like yeah. as much as I was saying I love seeing flaws in films because it's real you can still be like oh actually they're really like irritating me because they do she this kept thing. saying like Sisu just stay here and I was like she's literally because Sisu can turn into a dragon sorry can turn into a human from human, a dragon yeah. aren't she so she, yeah. she's hidden yeah. so she's like just stay here and it's like I know but like you need to give other people value yeah and, she's and, too and accept the value of people yeah over the situation she's in she wants to always be the one that decides what's happening and you kind of see yeah. that as well with the plan at the late at the end of the film when they're making oh, a plan yeah. on how to get through to namari um everyone else comes up with other plans and she just wants to do hers so do then her she has to like take her away and have a chat with her for them right to understand yeah. actually someone else's idea is better than mine so she is yeah. quite self-centered not in a really like egotistical way like, no. I think she means well but she is very self-centered because... and that's what I was saying before about like celebrating differences Raya yeah. Raya doesn't do that until mm-hmm. the end um I love at the end obviously at the end she's the one that sacrifices herself first yeah and that for me I love that moment that was fantastic I thought so the Raya incredible. in that section was fantastic she's a great character I just think when you put her next to some of the other characters in terms of likability and like mm-hmm. I just think you know it's she just falls short a little bit in terms of who she is and I think that's because the the, the, the plot is very ambitious in what it tries to cover yeah and because she she doesn't have any of her pre dream life to connect to apart from no. um two 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 the big her her pet the roly pet oh tuk 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 I was like it's tum tum something I was like um, <laughs> tuk tuk yeah yeah uh, again when we see her with tuk tuk I love her with tuk tuk yeah I mean, she's a completely different riot um, 
And like, I love, to be fair, I think I love Child Raya more because you see more of her spirit. I think she has more personality yeah, when she's a child. child. I think I, I was really engaged with her as a character then. Yeah. I, like, I really, really can't wait to see what she's like because she was so optimistic. She was so determined and she yeah. was so like ready to kind of take her role of protecting the, the stone. The way that she kind of like had those leadership qualities as her name yeah. indicates. Um, yeah. when she kind of you know leads like you know um, Namari for food and she kind of like unites the, yeah. the humans and then she's chatting about you know, not wanting to wear these clothes and loving like Sisu and being a bit of a dragon nerd yeah. you get an insight into what she's interested in and I just feel like we just lose that I mean I, I get there's an extent of that because everyone's dying <laughs> yeah so I, I get it I just think it's a shame that we don't see that continue into her adulthood yeah I think we just needed her personality to kind of keep giving us something throughout the whole thing because I think it just felt a bit kind of she was there and we knew what she was trying to do but I, I didn't really know what she was about as a it person. It was quite repetitive wasn't it like yeah. actions it was kind of like yeah. when you play like, like a video game for example mm-hmm. and you like you go from like mission to mission that's what it felt like she was doing yeah. and it was like a tick box in each one and then every time we get there it was Sisu don't move I'm gonna go and mm-hmm. find this person and it was just a bit like we didn't we didn't see development for her until the very end mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen more gradual development as we went through I think that's probably where it is for me um, yeah I agree because I think like with some of the most successful princess films like Moana being a really good yeah. example she Keanu changes as well. yeah they both change so much and grow yeah. so much with, through because those films Tiana is so set to, like, to be fair, it's quite self-centered and focused. Yeah, she Again, is. she's like, I'm going to get my restaurant and that's it. But mm. throughout the film, you see little hints of where she's changing her yeah. opinion, where she's she like relaxed. starts teaching like yeah. um, Naveen stuff. But she, she still has like her goal, but you see the slight changes as she goes through. Well, she realizes that she can still achieve that goal by changing some of her ways. I think that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. She realizes that if she changes a few things, it doesn't mean she can't get to her goal. Yeah. And that's what Raya doesn't get. She doesn't get that someone else's input could really yeah. help her. She's determined to do it on her own and to get her, her father back. And it is annoying as well, you're right, because you think like after her father instills all of his yeah. kind of beliefs and morals and everything in her, you would think that she would be trying to get Kamandra back together as well, but only when she's, you know, with Sisu does she yeah. actually care about doing that again? It takes someone else to remind yeah. her how important that actually is. So I, I agree she's dedicated to an extent, but then she also gives up on that. So oh, yeah. She gives up on that until Cece obviously um impacts her. Yeah. So yeah, I think she's just missing that kind of lovable quality that you know princesses like Rapunzel like she obviously we, we know a lot about her personality yeah um, but I suppose we'll come to this in a bit sometimes it's the songs um that really mm, showcase maybe. the the princess's personalities quite well maybe. so it could be that because we didn't have those I don't know Perhaps. Yeah. I think they were just trying to push too much into they trying to push too much into the plot at first mm. So that they kind of, she suddenly had this revelation at the end, yeah. very, very quickly. Um, and I feel like we, so we, I would have preferred gradual growth as we went through yeah. to get a bit more of her. The odd flash would have been really nice, like memories mm. of her dad and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I they think they work really well. They do, especially for something like this where there's like time jumps. Um, yeah. But again, but on, but then I don't want to be too negative <laughs> because I do think like her commitment, her physical. Um, abilities are insane the yeah, fact that oh, she is quite self-sacrificial at times like when when they're inspiring and she goes out to let like, the others escape and oh yeah she, she does yeah. have great qualities it's just a shame that we didn't get to see more of them i think that's the problem is that it's clear she has them 
we yeah. didn't see them as, as often um so yeah, yeah I really like her I think she's great I love I want her hat and her cape I think she's I know so cool. I want that hat so much I love it, it yeah so that's cool. the thing for me she's a, she's a cool character for me she's really cool is she one of my favorites not not yet not, mm. not quite so I think that's the difference for me yeah, I kind of agree as well, because if I had to justify why she would be one of my favourites, I don't know what I'd say. Mm. So I think that's the emptiness that we're talking about, whereas all the other ones, we'd yeah. be like, oh, it's this quality that we like about them. And obviously so that's true. not to say that she's not like a really strong, like de- stereotype defying uh, character, because she is. She's great. Mm-hmm. Like we need we need these kind of role models, because she is still a great role model. Yeah. Definitely. De- um, a really strong female role model, but not without you know flaws in terms of character because I just think we needed a bit more time and I think maybe we we did need a longer film or maybe they need to just change some of the plot I don't know Uh, yeah I think for me when I started watching it for me the film I felt like I'd seen the film before it felt like a a cross between Brave and Moana for me Hmm. so it felt like I'd met I'd I'd followed the story before with someone with a little bit more oomph yeah (laughs) It's going wrong. Um, Mary was so forward. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Forward. Um, but again, we see that as we go through and we see those slight changes. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that's what's missing. I feel like for me, I kind of felt like I've seen a similar story where we kind of, you know, we, we go to fix the world. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I love water, right? I'm a massive water fan. But it felt strange that it was so water focused, so close after we had Moana, which mm. was also water focused. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, before you said about like it being forgettable, it's obviously not a forgettable film. But like yeah. you said there about, you know, if you were going to try and explain why you loved Raya, I'd be interested to know what people said. Like mm-hmm. I would, because for me, it's like you say, it's a little bit like, well, what is she about? What is, what makes her unique? And I, yeah. I, I apart from her fighting abilities, which are sick, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what else we would say. I, I think, it's interesting to me that she's not my favorite character of the film. I think that says quite a lot as well. Yeah, not that she not should that, be. Yeah, she's like not. <laughs> not that you know, in every princess film or every Disney film, the protagonist has to be your favorite. That's not what I mean. I just mm-hmm. mean that it's interesting because usually that kind of ends up being the way it is uh, that you you do really like them. Yeah. I do really like Raya, but she's not my favorite character. No, same. Um, so there's something definitely missing there. <laughs> and usually they are our favourites when you look yeah, at it, like they are. Look at Tangled, Rapunzel is my fave. Closely followed yeah. by Flynn, because I love Flynn. Oh, yeah. But like um same with like Brothers and the Frog, Moana, Brave. Mm. Um like you look at most of like the, the recent Disney princesses. It's a bit different in the older ones, maybe. Um Yeah, but, I suppose. Yeah. But I feel true. like for the more recent modern princesses, they tend to be your favourite. Um, yeah. Yeah. But again, we don't we don't tend to get as much of a group together. Well, in the other ones, we tend to have one or two people. Exactly. So maybe that impacts it as well. Maybe I, that's I think, why. Yeah, because I think we had quite a lot of characters to take in. We did. So, and that's a nice segue. So yeah, then, lovely. <laughs> moving on <laughs> to Sisu then. So, what did you think of the water dragon, Sisu? I love Sisu. Same. And I was happy. It was it? I was allowed to say her name is it? Ak- Aquafina, is that how I say it? Aquafina, yeah. Aquafina, okay. Yeah. W's always throw me off. Aquafina. <laughs> um, because like the whole time I was like, I know Sisu's voice, and it was from mm-hmm. Jumanji too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Aquafina is uh, is in Jumanji the Next Level, so I was like, that's where she's from. Um, yes. I love Sisu. I love. She's so funny. I think she's potentially probably my favorite character in the film. Actually, I think she's so yeah, funny. She is mine. Yeah, she's. 
I love her style. I love like the fact that she's got all of her water. I love that she's quite like flawed in herself. And she, we see her growing confidence mm-hmm. because in the beginning she feels like she, you know, is not equal to her brothers and sisters. Um, she thinks, you know, she's kind of been chosen just because, just because. She doesn't know why she was chosen to be the dragon that saved it all. Um, yeah. But we see her grow and we see her embrace other people and we see the way that you know she never met these people before but she's she's very selfless I think that's the difference um maybe a bit too trusting as we find out I think she's definitely too trusting (laughs) there's there's a balance between the pair and Raya um uh, yeah I think she's great and I love that she's a water dragon because I love I know I know um yeah I have have a problem with I think we're going to talk about the end. We're going to talk about the end later when I do my scoring. I think we're going to yeah, talk about okay, my plot concerns okay. when we do that. Okay. Um, but I love, I love that we find her quite early on. That she's a main part of the film. Yeah. I was we wouldn't get her until like the middle. I thought she was great. I think she's so funny. I think um, she's a great addition to the plot. I think um, she's a re- I, I, she's so um, deep. So you have the mm. funny side. Mm-hmm. You have the emotional, like the the bits where. She's so funny at the beginning when she thinks that, like, you know, the world is like, um, it's like literally like one minute after she saved it. And then you have a look at her, you know, when she's like learning her new skills, she's excited. Then yeah. we see her on the boat with Captain Boomer talking about her family and how mm. like deep that touches her um, and about, you know, how she feels about humanity and disappointment and stuff like that. Then we see her like when she goes to the town and she's like, <laughs> buying all these things for free by accident yeah, on credit um, oh, that's, that's such a funny scene yeah, and then yeah. when they like when she goes and saves raya from spine and we see her like angry and ferocious and vicious mm. i was like wow like they've managed to make this friendly dragon look scary which yeah. i thought was really cool um and again you know we see her at the end where she's like when she's with her family she's very different she's a bit more like takes a back seat a little bit yeah. more yeah so i think that's why i love her is she's so deep so varied um yeah, and I think especially I think that's why maybe Raya still was a little bit next to her because Sisu is so deep and detailed, yeah. and you you have so much of their back her backstory and so much of what she stands for. Mm, um, whereas Raya, you and don't... there's a lot of development, like I say there, you know, because she learns when when that woman betrays her and she's like, like for hours afterwards, she's like, I can't believe it. Like she, <laughs> I trusted her. Why was she so yeah. mean? <laughs> for hours afterwards, she's baffled. Um, so she does have growth as well. Yeah, she um, definitely does. So that's yeah, I love it. I think she, yeah, she's my favorite of the of the film. I think that she makes the film for me, and I love that they did dragons differently. It, it just mm-hmm. it looks more like, as far as I'm aware, I don't know Southeast Asian culture in particular mm. depth, but it feels more like their representation of dragons. Yeah. Than what we would put then, dragons as. Yeah, exactly. I think it was it's a very nice. unique animation style for dragons because it, it looked a bit more like Chinese you know you have like Chinese dragons yeah, in the celebrations. Yeah, it yeah. looked more like that than like Charizard from Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was refreshing, I think, to see them. And she's so cool because she's literally like a blue dragon. And like she just looks so like cute as well. Like, they've done it really well where she looks yeah. cute, but she's also a force to be reckoned with. And I think that's a really, yeah. really so it's like she'd be such a good cuddle <laughs> honestly that's all I was thinking like when I was watching it I was like can I be your friend because I feel like yeah. she'd be like my support like I need <laughs> to tell me everything's be your gonna C-C. be okay I will yes. do that in the future I'm gonna start wearing a, a unicorn horn <laughs> and a blue fur and I will be your Sisu <laughs> honestly I, I just think like I love Sisu I think she's such a kind of I don't know like a, she's such a light character she's yeah. very light-hearted 
and obviously like you know some of the jokes I know some people said she wasn't funny I found them really funny I, I thought, thought she, she was hilarious, hilarious. I loved it. I loved her humor um but I just think she really really kind of brought such positive vibes as well yeah. to the film like she brought it up a level because I think if you look at it without her like you know with just Raya in the beginning it's actually really depressing like <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's a really dire situation so I think Sisu kind of she's like a, a fresh um, a breath of fresh air in in that she's got a completely different attitude and outlook mm-hmm. on things and you're right like because when she's on the boat and Captain Boone's like oh do you guys want this food and she's like yeah she's like yeah and Raya's like you don't know what's in this that could be poison and she's like but why would he try and poison me (laughs) and I love that and she's up for everything when he's like light spicy like medium hot and she's like bring on the heat like she's (laughs) she's so up for trying new things yeah just think it's probably why you know same bit like why I love Rapunzel it's that idea of like mm. curious and, and always trying something new and looking forwards yeah um I think that's why I love Sisu so much whereas when you look at Raya Raya's more about looking backwards really yeah and that's the difference yeah. I think Sisu's just very inspirational because yeah I think she like you said she, she does grow throughout the film I also think her relationship with her family is beautiful like the way she talks yeah. about her family you can tell she loves them she knows what they're about that's like so true she, actually, when she yeah. gets to talk about their powers she's so passionate about it and she's like she talks about like her brother and like his powers of the rain and she she mm. really does like show how much she cares about her family and again she changes when she's with them like with different members yeah. of her family you see like a different side of her yeah. so like with her brother she's a little bit more like subdued mm-hmm. um like like not like subdued like sad but kind of just like they're clearly in charge like in the family yeah. like her oldest brother I think is in charge isn't he so yeah. um I think, I think it's nice to see that side of her and because again that reflects reality where we're all different with different members of our family so it, yeah. it's nice to see that yeah definitely and I think you know because Raya was being quite negative um understandably because of the situation <laughs> but I think Sisu kind of made her reflect upon things yeah. in a different perspective in a different way because when Raya says the world is broken um because of like people oh yeah Sisu is like well maybe the world's broken because you you don't trust anyone and people yeah people just won't it's very kind of a play on words isn't it because mm-hmm. Raya says the world is broken so people don't trust each other yeah it's like maybe it's broken because you don't, you trust, don't each trust each other and that's yeah. what I mean I think there's a slight difference there in, in that you know yes you're looking for change but I just think mm-hmm. Sisu is a lot more kind of in tune with other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like you say, so optimistic. What an optimistic character. I yeah. think she's great. Well, it's funny because when she's like, when she goes through like kind of human experiences, she even says being people is hard. Yeah. Like, that really <laughs> stuck with me because like it is, it is hard. Mm-hmm. But it's the way you deal with the things you go through that really yeah. kind of help the situation or change the situation. And I think, you know, Ryan needed Sisu to get through this because who knows what would have happened if she hadn't found her um so yeah I just I think she was she reminded me I don't know why but of 2022 2022 oh yeah is that the name yeah Yeah, I think so yeah she reminded me of her I don't know why because she is quite kind of like negative but she also for me it's that way of like someone seeing something almost for the first time like for when Cece was like yeah. human, she was seeing things for the first time and she was so desperate to try everything and try new things and take part in new things and 22 is definitely like that yeah yeah, that yeah. there's no like no boundaries or anything boundaries yeah. like stopping them they're just gonna do it and I think I love seeing that in people because 
you know, like in real life, we do often think there's something always in the way, but actually it's just you. Like you just need to push yourself out your comfort yeah. zone and just see what happens. Um, so I think I love that in a character. For me, I love it because it reminds me to do that. Um, so that's why she reminded me of 22 and Soul. And I, I, besides, I love that kind of character. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, how like Disney and Pixar are using like other characters to comment on the human experience. Yeah. And saying that it's okay, being a human is hard, it's fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Um, and then obviously finally we have Namari. So what did you think about Namari? Namari is interesting. Quite a complex character like... to ask about. She is, because I again I have to say I don't think she had a good enough background. I think she she's on the mm. same sort of level as Raya. Yeah. Because unfortunately we don't really understand everything that's gone on in her past and in yeah. fact we kind of have a little bit of insight but yeah. we needed more to really that's so true because like when a character has a redemption arc i'm all for redemption arcs i absolutely love it when like yeah. the villain or the antagonist redeems themselves i love it but you have to know what they're redeeming themselves for and like why they set out to yeah. do what they wanted to do. We know obviously Fang were just protective of each other. I get that. Like we But we know that out. too late, don't we? Probably yeah. like what, at the beginning. Why did she be yeah. right at the it beginning? It needs to be set like at the beginning, why like she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, children or teenagers are heavily, you know, um susceptible to what their yeah. parents say. So obviously we know her mum had an impact on her, but we, we would have been nice to have seen maybe flashbacks of her as well. Yeah. See what actually goes on in Fang. Because we saw moments with her mum and we saw what she was like and it's understandable as to why Namari is so kind of mm-hmm. invested on impressing her yeah. and doing everything for her and for Fang. We get that. But I just feel like I needed another reason for her being so kind of because she is a really she is quite a big antagonist really when you think about it like yeah. she literally makes the dream return um and that's that's you know causes all the chaos in the world again and she hunts for Raya for yeah yeah exactly she, she does cause a lot of issues and um I'm not saying she doesn't redeem herself because I feel like she does but I, I would have liked to have been maybe a stronger redemption story because... And she does only when it's a bit, a bit too suits, late. When it suits the situation. Yeah. And she's it's, literally got no other choice. Yes. And, <laughs> and to be fair, she when they all give her parts of the gem, she does initially start to just run like and yeah. climb out. And I was like, sorry. I was like, you dare. I was like, I mean, if they've just gone through all this and this is what happens. But obviously she eventually decides to put it together and save them as Sisu did before. Again, she doesn't make that choice to make for her. It would have been more impactful. I think it would have been more impactful if, for example, I mean, I get why they did it because, you know, she was like yeah. the villain or whatever. But mm-hmm. if her and Raya had both sacrificed themselves, yeah, I for agree. me, it emphasized the fact that Raya was still the self, well, compared to the two of them, was still yeah. like the selfless, more optimistic one. And it was the fact that, you know, I get that they had to, the point was that they were going to trust Namari because the others didn't trust Namari yeah. either. To drive the plot, like I get yeah. their decisions. But when you look at her as a character, like you say, it's like she doesn't really have a choice, really, because mm. she could run away and leave. But what's she going to run to? Because the world's dead. There's Druner outside. Um, so... It's kind of annoying as well, because you can see how much she actually genuinely cares about dragons. And she's obviously really passionate about them as yeah. well. And you see that. Like when she sees Sisu for the first time, she's like awestruck. She's I like, love amazed. that scene. Me too. Like she's so like, oh, my God, there's a dragon. 
and it's annoying because like that kind of like wavers her a little bit and changes her perspective mm-hmm. but like again it doesn't do enough like she still goes back to yeah. her mom it annoys me when they go to find Cesar and then she starts threatening Cesar with a crossbow for mm-hmm. me that doesn't fit with her character because no. she's such like she you know in, let's not forget in this culture in Commander dragons are like gods yeah like you yeah. know they worship them and they the respect for dragons is insane so the fact that someone who has that much appreciation for a dragon would try and threaten mm, one it didn't make much the sense to one me. and the one that's yeah. keeping their world afloat like it just doesn't yeah. make it doesn't add up um so i think she's flawed but like in a different way to raya like because yeah. there are definitely times where i feel like i could could try and connect with her emotionally because i understand like her home life it looks yeah. awful it looks absolutely terrible because if you look at kind of how regimented fang is with everything oh, yeah. you see like her mom doing like an education class and like it all just seems like but, too much but what i will say on that is that her mom actually seems more friendly and chill than she mm. does like let's not forget that in moana we have like the grand grandma Tala gives uh, um ed- like education to the kids about their history. Yeah. So you know she seems to be the one that's constantly she's the one that recommends war. Uh, you know mm. going like and being uh, aggressive and attacking. I think the mom seems to be more about like protecting them and kind of you know, staying in one place. Um, and mom's questionable anyway. But I just I feel yeah. like Namari again it confused me because I just see Namari as she seems to be the one that's constantly looking for violence and action and yeah. then she switches when it comes to Sisu and then mm. it's like and then when her mom is like um oh yeah because I see that you know you haven't come back with like the stones I just feel like their whole story was a little bit inconsistent I think yeah I agree like again the characters I think we, were just, a bit inconsistent. we needed flashbacks or some sort of situation when we saw her and her mom like doing something in, in a context together I think we needed to see this apparent poverty because they mentioned about like, yeah. the fact that they didn't have rice and, and, yeah. and stuff. They talk quite a lot about how the rest of the world don't have the benefits that Heart mm-hmm. do, and I think we need to see that. We need yeah. to see that people it's... were suffering and struggling because that would make them more like likable, a bit more relatable, yeah. and more understandable. Um, and the fact that Raya never gets—I think it would have been useful if Raya had got to see that because Raya yeah. never sees. Um, the other side of the world well, she basically. doesn't she can't recognize how privileged she is because she doesn't see how everyone else has it in the other yeah. parts of Kamandra. because she is obviously very heart is privileged um we, we see that because they've got loads the idea of, of recognize your privilege might not be your fault and it might not be as breezy as people think but you still probably have it yeah um, again another, quite another um social commentary and the idea that she's you know, heart isn't as great as everyone else thinks it is, mm. and there's still problems. But the fact that she never sees like that the people can't eat, or you know that that they have to steal to make ends meet and mm. stuff like that, and we never see that either. So I think no. it would be more beneficial to have seen how broken the world is. Yeah, if we actually see that told, side, yeah, instead of being told it was broken, I need to see yeah. it to believe it, and then to mm. relate. And I think um, again, Namari came across better and with a better personality even though she was being deceptive mm. when she was younger I felt more yeah. interested and invested and I thought that that really kind of big moment where she betrays Raya I was so interested in that and I couldn't wait to see how their relationship was going to be affected and obviously I love the fight scenes like that they do mm-hmm. together they're amazing like the choreography like the animation is just I so I was gonna cool. say actually their relation although although independently they're a little bit problematic in terms of mm-hmm. like 
the development. I actually love their relationship. Yeah, and I yeah. love that Disney has shown a female, a young female relationship yeah. without men. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the fact that it's about a child. Because female friendships are hard. Like, mm. I remember reading a quote. What was the quote from that? There was a quote from a book or a film I'd watched recently. And it was like... Um, about female friendships and how challenging they can be yeah. um you know everyone has challenges but female friendships in particular can be very difficult when it comes to like assumptions oh, <laughs> um, definitely yeah so yeah. I love that they showed that um with the mm-hmm. two of them and that, that was that was a continuous I, I enjoyed that. and that there were switches so first of all like Raya was stronger and then like um Natori kind of then learned from that and then she was stronger and then Raya underestimated her I thought that, that the dynamic between the two of them was one of the the, the, the best parts of the film yeah um, yeah and they, nice they have, have like the nicknames for each other as well, like Bentori or something like well, that. Well, I did some research on this. I was going to say, I want to know yeah. what that means. Do so, you know? Because I've been wait- yes, so because you have Bentori and um, I think it's Depla. So mm-hmm. one has an actual translation, one doesn't. But I, so when I did some research on it, I was really intrigued about the language because that's one of my massive like loves in this film is that they use those words and then don't explain it because it's like, why should I have to explain my language? Yeah, why should I have I to I love do that, that. It's so mm-hmm. unapologetic. Love it. Um, so Deplar, I think when I looked at it, it was to do with, like, probably absolutely butchering the pronunciation. <laughs> so apologies if you are of Asian descent and I'm absolutely butchering your pronunciation. Um, was to do with, like, a friend. Like, so it wasn't, like, specific to them. It's, like, a term that you would use. Um, right. Just like, for someone that you were, like, affectionate for or, like... Um, like a friend or a pal and yeah. then um bintori which is, was like a really offensive um mm-hmm. like basically like a, like a curse word type thing yeah like, i thought it would be yeah um, in the context they use yeah it. so again because for a while i was like is that like their name like it was quite yeah. trying to yeah. pick it up um but no it was just they are they're just like um different language words basically to um That's really refer cool. to it so it's not specific to them and their friendship the idea is i think is that, that language would be used across commander yeah um, but yeah so bintori was a bit more like um an offensive word for a woman yeah uh, potentially for a man but we never see it with with, with men so i, I just no. like, I feel like it was like a female-led one um and then yeah deplar is like a friend a pal that's really cool. I I just that's so great that they managed to inject that language in there. And like you yeah. say, I like the fact that they didn't explain yeah. what it was. Like we have to go research it ourselves. I like that. Encourages that again, that acceptance and the fact that just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Yes. And um, so I think you kind of felt the same things about the Mari, but is there anything else you <laughs> wanted to add? <laughs> no, I think I'm, I'm the same. I, you know, I, again, I, I think she's a really interesting character. I also love animation wise. I love that she looks so much like her younger self. I was looking before, like the face shape from her like younger self to adult was so cool. It's, it's The animation is so good in this that, again, it's like Soul, where you have to remind yourself it's animation. Yeah, I kept having people. to do that, yeah. <laughs> like, especially at the fight scene in the end in, like, in their like, temple with the white sheet. Yeah. Like, this literally looks like real people. Um, Amazing. I feel like with Namari, we just get a, we get a bigger sense of that she's troubled and that she's yeah. not always 100% comfortable with what she's doing, yeah. but that she pushes on anyway. So mm-hmm. I feel like I definitely get that level of, like... Um, and she's willing to call people out when she calls Wire out at the end. I mean, she's still, it's still yeah. like um, Notori's fault because she shouldn't have come with a crossbow. Um, yeah. But I love that she calls people out as well. Like, even her mum is like, no. And she's like, uh, no, I'm not saying it because it's emotional. I'm saying it it's practical. Yeah. I like that she's quite outspoken, that she is very kind of not afraid to give her opinion and, yeah. and not afraid to correct other people. So I really like her. Um, mm. But I do think, again, she's, you know, I'd love to just know more. I'd love to know kind of like, why is she that way? Why? 
yeah, just what again? Where's her dad? Yeah, like, I just want a bit more. Does she have siblings? People. Yeah, I don't know. we just um, we needed a bit more connection, I think, with their yeah. support group or who their support group used to be or like what's happened. And I think we get that if we maybe saw more of their world because yeah. we don't we don't see that like again we don't Mm-mm. see like even if like you know we see a bit of, like notorious conversation with her mom might have been them like strolling the streets and like you know we see yeah. people struggling for food i think that would have been an interesting turn helped. to it yeah i agree um so yeah but yeah i agree with everything you said <laughs> <laughs> and also just in this section i feel like we should shout out the other characters though just briefly because i think captain boone is amazing Hilarious. like he's literally his whole family been turned stone and he's, he's so positive he's so positive and he's he, I just I really admire him and it nearly breaks me like that scene where they all decide to give up their part of the gem oh. it really breaks me because like they're all they've all fought this hard to get back to their like to try and get their family back yeah and they're literally giving up that potential chance and putting their trust in someone that they really don't want to trust to I love that. that bit with Captain Boom because he's so aggressively it's like I'm not going to trust her and yeah. you can literally see like the battle in his own face of like yeah what do I do? And then, yeah, he does the right thing. I think he's great. I also, I mean, Raya's dad for me is a standout oh, for this film. Yeah. He, he's like amazing. his sword, he can fight, he can cook. He like, again, we're assuming he's a single dad. He's yeah, a pretty yeah. kick-ass daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, he is really trusting. He's obviously quite a great leader. He's very understanding. He gives great speeches. He's got funny dad jokes. Like, I mm. think he is, I wish we'd seen more of him. I thought he was such a good character. I was so sad when he got turned so. I know because it felt like a wasted opportunity. I know why he yeah. had to the, the plot, but I was really interested in their relationship and their yeah. dynamic together. And I was so sad that we basically just got to see him that. in the beginning and then at the end, like it, it didn't. They I, had I a great dynamic. It was they great, really yeah. did. and you very rarely see like a daughter um, father combo in yeah. these films. Like as, as obvious as that, you tend to have like you know close father daughter relationships, but not like that one um, no. where it's very much a partnership. And, and he educated her so well about things, yeah, um, without patronizing her. So I I love him. A big shout out to him because he was great. <laughs> yeah, I also loved Tong as well. Like I thought he again, like he was left in his village on oh, his own. Yeah. Um, in spine and when they panned to that cot with that elephant in it I that's it like oh. I broke I broke because I was like he's literally lost everything like that was the most prominent one to me like he yeah. literally lost everything yeah. every single thing and he was still willing to you know fight for spine because that's what he was doing by capturing yeah. and Sisu he's like well like this is my duty this oh, is what yeah. I've always lived for and yeah I, I think he's also like admiral person as well because he's really like dedicated to helping these people and he trusts them he gets on board with them um so really i think the true heroes if i'm honest are actually all the people that come along with them on on the journey i think they are (laughs) the the people that you know made it what it was please stand clear of the doors por favor manténganse alejado de las puertas that then brings us on to fun facts number three in creating dragon character sisu the creators of ryan the last dragon drew from dragon mythology specific to southeast asia specifically the naga might not be how it's said in folklore <laughs> naga are divine and semi-divine beings who are half human and half serpent the naga is based on life and hope co-screenwriter kwai Nguyen said they wanted a dragon that would inspire Raya to open up and trust. I love that. I love that. So I was right, it was inspired. I was yeah, right about yeah. the dragon. <laughs> Go in my brain. Yeah. I was like, um, I was like, we've got a fun fact about this later <laughs> on. 
that's so cool yeah I love I love learning about him because I think because like Asian culture across all the different because obviously it's so different across Asia there's not Mm -hmm. one Asian culture but learning about their different communities and cultures are so interesting because in in the like the western world we don't have anything like this it's very kind of standard isn't it so the different levels of like you know between dragons and like like I remember if anyone's read um reflection which is the twisted tales mulan book mm-hmm. um they look at like going to hell but it's the like um i think it's chinese version of hell i think um mm. which is completely different to our version of hell uh, and i think that's we, we never learn that in no. school so to learn that through these films is so cool that's why we need yeah. more films that have yeah. this type of representation that are not from the midwest yeah it's interesting and it's educational that brings us on to segment number four yay this is an interesting one um so we're going to talk about the score and you'll note that we say the score because this film is very different especially for a Mm -hmm. disney princess film because it's not a musical film there's actually no singing in the film itself at all which is very different because we're used to this kind of formula, particularly after the success of Lynn manuel Miranda's music yeah. in Moana. So it kind of naturally left many to question whether it was missing, so whether songs should have been in the film or whether it was the right decision for this film. So this is interesting. So what do you think about this? Um, I don't think it needed songs. I think mm. for me, I think the animation was so strong that I mm-hmm. feel like we just didn't need it. Um, I guess I didn't even notice that they were missing. And if I yeah. try and imagine so, doesn't feel like Raya's the kind of person that would sing. I just didn't exactly. get those vibes. Um, doesn't look like she's gonna. She's too determined and steely to waste time on a song. Was yeah. the way that I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I think it works without the songs. I think you know, and I think what I also love from it, as we know, I'm a Disney music lover. Mm-hmm. The, I love the fact, right, that from a, from an um, Southeast Asian, South Asian. Um, culture perspective if you look at the music is, is is inspired by that area I'm really excited Fourscore have just released like the, the Disney music podcast have just released an episode on James Howard Newman who is the composer for this um, oh, film yeah. and he's, he's done loads of Disney films he's done like loads I was speaking the day and he's done so many um, so I'm, I'm interested to hear I hope he talks about Raya and yeah. that because um, and then like for Coco for example they brought over like loads of instruments that were like actually from Mexico and they went to Mexico to record and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. might not have been possible this time around because of Covid but I, I get the sense that it has a lot of like um, the relevant instruments for the, the, the place and the location yeah. involved um, it's clearly been inspired by Asian music um, it's beautiful I mean the score itself creates the world and I think you if we tried to create a song that matched that, I think it, I think it would have ruined the world. It would have ruined that yeah. location. Um, it wasn't, didn't, we didn't need it. Um, no. Because the music that we already had was beautiful. Um, and yeah. I just can't imagine it with songs. I mean, lots of my problems are with the plot. So maybe mm. songs would have helped with that a little bit. But I just can't see the way it was written. It's quite a serious film. Um, that is about more than just one if, if you look at like Disney Princess because I know quite a lot about the songs and music every mm-hmm. Disney Princess has a, an I want song where they turn around and they say like this is you know like what I want obviously like Rapunzel is like um, is um, the first one what's it called what's the song called the, when, what, when will my life begin, begin. yes yeah. Oh, what is up with oh. me today so we have that one then like Moana has how far I'll go and then obviously yeah. has almost there and we go back to like a little mermaid has part of your world like mm-hmm. Cinderella has, so this is love. We we hear loads of these I want songs. Yeah. Um, 
where you know princesses kind of talk talk us through like you know what we're looking for and it's about them as an individual this film is not about Ryan as an individual i think it's no. different it's about a collective humanity and i feel like songs would have removed from that so that's maybe why we don't get to know Raya so well as the others because it's not about her specifically it's about the wider message of trust yeah um, so i just i don't think songs were needed i think i didn't even notice they weren't there i think the music that is there in its current state is perfect for the film um, mm-hmm. I think it matches the style. Like you have quite a lot of the, um, like you know, when you have like the slide. Like, we have quite a lot of like sliding parts that come like across yeah, the, the screen. Yeah. We have we have a lot of um, like close ups on eyes, and we have quite a lot of these techniques are taken from Asian cinema. So I think it's nice that we have that. And as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong, but I know obviously that obviously Indian um, film, Indian cinema has quite a lot of songs and music when you go to Bollywood. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about Asian films and musicals. I don't no. know if that's a, a thing. I've never seen one. It's normally kind of like the music is in the background and we have a lot yeah. of action. Yeah. I don't think you get a lot. I could be wrong. I need to do more research. But I, I get the feeling that like Asian musicals aren't as big a thing as maybe, well, um, sorry, more like Chinese, Southeast Asia, Thailand. Yeah. When you see films from there, you don't tend to get a lot of musicals. Whereas mm-hmm. like India, I forgot that India was also Asia so big. <laughs> India, <laughs> um, my geography is also dreadful, so it's really help. Um, whereas obviously like India tends to have that um, yeah kind of music attached to it, like with like London and, um, and New York, for example, we have a lot more mm-hmm. songs than like Texas and and Africa as well. Obviously, you have like the songs, quite a lot of like um, songs that tribes will sing and stuff like that. So. Which, which we got some of in Black Panther. Because again, their mm. music is informed by the culture. So I think if you're looking at that in the way it is that music is informed by culture, no, it shouldn't have songs yeah. because it doesn't seem to fit. I could be wrong. I'm going to go and do some research a bit about Asian musicals because I know <laughs> that they have like Asian um, and like like Chinese like festivals and they have like, large yeah. masks and stuff. But typical theatre and stuff like that from like the Chinese times were more about masks. I think the songs tend to be more like intimate and like when you're like in, not specifically like. Um, presented them more like family stuff yeah so um again I could be, if I'm completely wrong please let me know <laughs> um but I'm pretty sure that's kind of the difference I think in the way that we would normally have songs and yeah that would make so, that would make sense um, so I don't think it was needed that was quite a long way of saying mm. um, <laughs> no it was a good explanation you? yeah I agree um because I didn't think about it at all when I watched mm. it I wasn't thinking when are they going to sing when's Raya going to sing and can you imagine C2 singing? I'm sorry, it's a no <laughs> Like, I just, I can't. Like, I'm, that would have been. It also narrows down your casting choices again. Yeah. If someone who can sing. And exactly. I guess right now in the current climate, it's hard enough to audition people as it is. Yeah, so. exactly. But I think it just would have been too forced. Um, I think some films just, like, lend themselves to having music yeah. to them more. I mean, I could be wrong. There's probably could have had um a good kind of musical soundtrack to it as well I don't know because you can't really say until you you've been confronted with it like you know if I was presented with it and I listened to it and like watched it again with songs in it I wouldn't say that I wouldn't like it like because they're in it I'm not saying that I wouldn't have appreciated songs like if they'd have worked but the problem is I don't Mm -hmm. think they would have worked with this film this film was very action-based as well and action-based films it would have literally been a farce like can you imagine like Captain America like open up into song in the middle that's the vibes they're going for like a fight like an action-based film so can you imagine Iron Man and Captain America (laughs) because I got no it would have felt like a parody or like just a joke so I think you know for that reason and trying to keep the tones the mature themes and everything going on in the film it was important to kind of have the score reflect what's going on yeah. in the film rather than having the characters sing what's going on in the film 
because yeah, the score which we'll uh might as well start talking about now actually yeah um we I think we both think that you know that score really reflects what's going on in the film and it really yeah. drives the plot and it's it's just it is just perfect really at representing what's happening like if you take that away the kind of suspense isn't there the atmosphere is not there and also my favorite part of the score is I think it's called Sisu Swims oh, so it's yeah. when Sisu is swimming like they're on the boat with uh, Captain Boone and she's just like swimming like and she's also doing that thing where she's like in the air like on like like oh, stepping stones yeah. like stepping stones I don't really know what it is exactly um and that part of the score is just so beautiful it's so peaceful it's so relaxing it's so zen yeah, like I just I think that score I put like, it on repeat all week. yeah <laughs> yeah it's just so nice to listen to but I think they also did it so well because it really does truly reflect like what's actually happened. Like you can tell when the fight scenes are coming because you've got that suspense building yeah. in the music, it suddenly changes, but it doesn't change in a way that makes it disjointed. Like it, it's yeah. really well done that it just carries on. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't think we needed singing in this. I think it would have been really, really strange. Yeah. Um, I don't, cause like having looked at like, so another similar film to this is How to Train Your Dragon. Um, yeah. Not just because of dragons, but there are some themes in it as well. And if I imagine that film with songs in it, yeah. it, it would be a joke. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like it's not meant to be yeah. a musical. And I think it's just important to like, you know, remind ourselves that Dizzy doesn't have to be formulated. No, that's what I was Disney just can, thinking, yeah. They can make these changes. They don't have to just. And look at like Pixar films that never have songs. Exactly. And they're some of like the most like emotional song, like yeah. films ever. So, you know, yeah. like, Inside Out, no music, but mm-hmm. obviously have music, sorry, no songs. But the emotion in that film is insane. Same with Toy Story 3, yeah. for example. Exactly. The characters don't need to sing all the time. Um, yeah. And I think it was nice they, that they used a, a more cinematic style that was similar. I've just, mm. just done some quick research. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does look like I was right, that like Thai cinema and Chinese cinema in particular, um, don't have a lot of musical films and mm. um, they have like you know th- theatrical musicals are a little bit different because they yeah. are they do have quite a bit of those um but it's still again like it's more like about masks and puppetry um mm. whereas in cinema it doesn't tend to be a big genre it tends to be more like action-based and um which makes sense <laughs> yeah um, it does. so yeah i think you know if you're going to look at what's representative and what's accurate for the film style and the genre musical wasn't going to cut it I don't think it would have been no. it would have been jolty and a bit odd and I think again because like we've said there were a lot of characters and you know yeah. three main characters which actually is quite it's not that traditional you usually have two so to have like three kind of main characters yeah. that are so prominent and so important to the plot you'd have had to give everyone a song wouldn't yeah, you it would have been it, really like we would have been there forever yeah I, I just don't I, I think it would have actually made it like even worse in terms of like you know like our issues that we've said where mm-hmm. like we feel like the plot was rushed like yeah. I just I just think that would have actually dragged it out and not really added much to the to the mm-hmm. film because I don't know what they would have sung about is the other issue yeah. as well I'm um, sad yeah, <laughs> I'm and angry like, <laughs> and like again like Sisu singing is no like she no she can worked, you imagine she worked so well with the score yeah. that, that they, they did so yeah I think yeah. I think people are just being too picky to be honest yeah. they're trying to find flaws in something because the thing is the music in this it's is stunning. beautiful like so why complain you know like why can't we just it's, again it comes back to like can't we just be happy with mm-hmm. what we've actually been given instead of being like oh they could have done this or I, I wish they'd have done this instead 
it's like just appreciate like what there is it's so frustrating I think because of social media obviously like it's all changed and like yeah everyone has an opinion that's not that's not new but on social media it's so much more in our faces about what people think and so yeah so yeah but um what are your thoughts on the the score well I agree I think everyone mentioned it as well yeah Yeah. I mentioned it before about the fact that like you know the actual sound and of of the score I think it's gorgeous and I think yeah James Newman Howard has done a fantastic job Mm -hmm. um and you know he's he's been using Disney sounds sound Disney soundtracks and scores for a very, very long time. And you can see why, because he manages to create like a really magical sound, like yeah. the, the sounds for the dragons are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, but then, and then they're, they're so different to the fight scenes, but they still sound like the same soundtrack. It's so clever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want if you if you're a fan of Disney music, head to Disney Full Score, which is another podcast, um, which is an official Disney one, and they kind of have all their composers on there. I really recommend it. Um, and James Newman is on it now. So I recommend. I'm going to be listening <laughs> to that this weekend. Of course. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Of course. <laughs> uh, so that brings us then to the end of that segment on Disney Fun Fact number four. So one of the most impressive aspects of Riot is her remarkable fighting capabilities in the film. Yes, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. When they like jump and kick each other, I'm like, I'm I know. Not sure how I'd kick, but you know, it's nice, it's nice to have, isn't it? Yeah. Um, she, she trains from an early age, mastering combat in order to protect the dragon gem. Raya's prominent style of fighting is based on Kali, the national martial art of the Philippines. See, there's just so much in this, I love it. It's just so jam packed with culture that yeah. we might not otherwise be aware of, like so without cool. a film like this. Like, this brings it to the forefront for us. So, mm-hmm. I just love that. I love learning about new things. And only yeah. through unique films like this can we yeah. do that. Exactly. So. exactly. So, yeah. So, that brings us to segment five then. So, we're just going to give our overall opinions on the film and give it a score out of 10. I still don't know mm-hmm. what mine is. And I'm glad you're going first. So, oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that said, what do you think of the film overall in a kind of summary? And how would you rate it? Okay, I'm going to with my rating first. I think I need to justify okay. it. So okay. I think I came in thinking about an eight. And my discussion okay. has brought it down to a seven. So because okay. I think I hadn't kind of realised how like unattached I was to Ryan mm. until we discussed it. So mine is at a seven, which I think is like a fair score. I think it's yeah. quite like... It's, it's like it's positive, it's like 70% like people have had before. Within well, in line um, with the it scores. Is. But so I think for me... I have a real problem with the plot, right? Mm. Rosie's heard this so many times. I get really annoyed at the end, right? When they when they sat right, right, right. Let's go back to the beginning, right? When Commander first had problems mm. and the dragons sacrificed themselves, right? Yeah. Who comes back? The humans. What happens to the dragons? They stay at stone. And I was like, of course, because they sacrificed themselves. So you know that was a sacrifice. Yeah. Fast forward hundreds of years and the humans sacrifice themselves and oh look everyone gets turned back from stone and that honestly has bothered me so much I know it shouldn't but I remember when I was watching the film I was like but why are the dragons back like it made no sense to me I was like mm-hmm. oh. I was like if the dragons are back then the humans should still be stone <laughs> like and people have said you know make a point to say you know because the world was fixed I was like yeah but that happened the last time and only one group mm. got turned back so from a plot point it really annoyed me I've, I've watched it three times I'm trying to understand because 
Raya does say in the middle of the film, she says, um, you know, the dragons didn't come back because the world, like, you know, because the people were still selfish. But it doesn't say that in the beginning of the film. It says mm. that they're all in, in, in harmony and harmonious. And so I, that for me is a bit of a, a dip. And the whole plot for me feels a little bit like mishmash. Like mm. they, they could have kind of been a lot stronger with the storytelling of it. I feel like they kind of focused on this adventure, but didn't flesh the adventure out enough. Yeah. Um, so that for me is big. And we know I love my plot and my characters. So mm-hmm. the fact that that kind of was missing a little bit. And when I've asked people, I think I've asked four people this, this question and they, I was like, yeah, but the, the dragon didn't come back. And they were like, oh yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what the answer is. I was like, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that really, honestly, the last 10 minutes of the film, I was like, when are they going to explain this? When is someone <laughs> going to tell me what happened? And it finished and I was like, but, but, but what? It ruined the end of the film for me because I was really passionate about, but why? <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I get the idea that you know because humans, you know, were the ones that have put the world back together. But I just, it just didn't sit right with me. I was like, why did the dragon have to sit for stone for years, yeah. like hundreds of years? So that bothered me. Um, so that for me, from a, from a plot perspective, I don't think it's as strong. So mm-hmm. I think that knocks a few points off me for me. Same with like with Riot. I don't think there's very many. I love Sisu. I love yeah. lots of supporting. I do love the characters, but I don't think it's there's as many that I would kind of absolutely oh my god I love that character or whatever mm-hmm. I think quite a lot of them are quite sh- not, not shallow as people but like the, the depth of their character is quite low because we don't yeah. get a lot of screen time with lots of them because there's so many of them um so yeah my the, but the reason that I love it I love the animation is absolutely mm. ridiculous of how good the level of animation is yeah and the water and the dragons and the people and like and the, the clothes and the design and, mm-hmm. and the world just, it's itself. stunning to, to look at um, so that, that gives it major points for me. The yeah. music, I think for me, my the reason it's a seven for me in terms of the positive is the music is outstanding. Yeah. Um, and the, the the costume and the culture and the world is insane. We've never seen anything like that before, really. Um, yeah. And um, and yeah, and the um, what's the thing I said? And the animation. So they're the yeah. big three for me that are really, really great. Um, I just wish character was a little bit more. And Sisu mm. and the dragons yeah, and the water and elements and stuff. But it, yeah. I mark it down because I think it's too like brave. It's like, it's like if brave and then like, the clans crossed mm. over with because again that's the same idea where they don't trust each other in the clans. They're like, oh, yeah. you're only saying that, and then it's because Meredith like is like, no, I've sacrificed, blah blah blah, and now we can all be friends. So we've already seen that kind of story, mm-hmm. and then same with Moana, where one person goes to try and save the world, and like we've, we've kind of seen that. Yeah. So it felt like quite similar in a story. So I feel like really into something kind of like like a unique selling point, if you like, for Raya that I didn't quite have. Um, yeah. So I feel like there's something else I wanted to say as well. I was like, I need to talk about that. Um, there's other parts of the plot. Oh, someone else mentioned this to me. I think it was Amy. So Amy, if you're listening, this is your <laughs> point, I think. Right, when the water disappears at the end, mm-hmm. when all the water, when Sisu dies and yeah. the water disappears, yeah. the kids, but I think it's Captain Boo and is like, head for the water! And I was like, there is no water. Like, yeah. if you miss the point, I feel no, like that the, is an issue. I, I feel agree. like the cutting and the editing for some reason just seems a bit off, which is really strange. It seems like they didn't proof check it, like yeah. before they put it out, <laughs> because there is a lot of like issues like that, though. You're right, because like I, I did remember thinking like when he was rounding everyone up, I was like, yeah. where are you taking where are you them? Sending that's them? Because <laughs> there's no water. There's my other point. Right, the dream. Mm. what is that really got me because that was so cool it reminded me of things like um like a quiet place you know when you've got like the mm. water, yeah like something like kind of like chilling round ready to like you know get you or whatever yeah same with, like um oh what was it what was on with, with um 
one with the blindfolds. Oh, the bird. Is it that bird? one? Bird, yeah. Uh, box, I think it's I think like so. That. Yeah. Um, well, you've got this kind of like unknown thing that just appeared. I thought it was such a cool idea. Mm. And again, we saw it very, very rarely. We never yeah. actually, we didn't really see it as a lot. And I thought, what a waste. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we could have seen it, you know. And again, it sounds really mean, but none of the main characters that we fell in love with were really taken, apart from the dad. The dad was, well, was a bit early. But like, you know, it would have been caught cool, something bad. But if we like lost someone in the middle, if like the baby had been turned to yeah. stone in the middle or something. That's but true. We never saw enough of that drew neither so again it was kind of like i knew it was dangerous because it tended to want to stone but i just felt there's so many missed opportunities yeah for the plot for me and i i wonder if it's because normally obviously they, they show test audiences in cinemas mm, i wonder if be, yeah. i wonder if they didn't get chance to do that and so yeah. that's why it's a little bit and again because it's been done remotely i wonder whether lots of it is quite separate and less. well like the editing that would explain that because obviously like it's, it's just harder yeah. to do everything when you're not all together so yeah, I think it's a fantastic film. I would definitely watch it again. I've already watched yeah. it three times. I think it's a great film. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's just not one of my favourites. I think because it's just a little bit of like a little bit lacking in the in its heart. Yeah, pardon the pun, but it's <laughs> a little bit lacking. I feel like we don't get to know the world and the people as well as we do in other Disney films. Which is a shame. Mm-hmm. I That's agree. Me. How about you? Because I feel like yours is going to be higher than mine. I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is higher. Um, mm. But. About Tuk Tuk and Tuk Tuk's great. I, I was gonna say, I was like, so, um, I, I he matched to him. my seven. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 I was gonna to say, <laughs> like, we've neglected him a bit. Um, Love him. Oh, it's really hard to give this a score, but you have to. You've had time I know, to I know, I, I don't know why. To give you extra time. So, I think I'm actually gonna give it an eight because, mm-hmm. because back to the whole I can't explain like if, if I had to say Raya herself was one of my mm-hmm. favorites I don't know why she would be yeah however however so it has its issues the plot is a hundred percent I get the issues of the plot I do I really get it and I think the thing you mentioned with the dragons I I think they basically brought them back just for animation purposes because you think about the sequence it felt like yeah. they've been brought back for the sake of it and yeah. I was like that's yeah. great bring them back but, but I want a reason yeah because if you think about it, that scene is beautiful. Like the dragons yeah. all flying around together is so stunning. It's the animation is amazing. The music again, we've got that really beautiful score amazing. accompanying it, and but it I looks couldn't incredible. Enjoy it because uh, I was like, why are they here? <laughs> yeah, because you need a reason for them coming back, and it's easy to kind of say like, oh well, maybe this time like it felt like unity was finally there. But without them actually explaining to us why they've come back, yeah. no one can actually say why they were there. No. So for me, I think it felt like it was just for animation reasons. They so just wanted to show. If you're listening, I'd quite like an explanation, please. Just <laughs> yeah, for my I, think, sanity. I think everyone would. Because I, I enjoyed the animation and I understand from an animation perspective why they did it. Yeah, I really gorgeous. do. And it's, it's beautiful. But I just need an explanation. So there are like issues with it throughout, a bit like the ones you've mentioned. And also, like, I don't feel that strongly connected to Raya, like, yeah. which is unusual, like we said, for a protagonist. Um, so they're my, like, down, they're the bits that let me down. Yeah. I think, like, the characters weren't given enough time for us to kind of get to know them in the way that we have in the past. I think the story was quite rushed. Um, and I don't mean that we needed a longer film. I mean, they no, needed... No, because it's two hours, be... so we didn't yeah. need more. I mean, I mean, they just needed to focus on... Character. They should have cut it down maybe to like three areas mm-hmm. instead. Maybe yeah. like I get to... it though, because it has to be like a dragon. But yeah, but we barely saw like anyone from like Tail was like not yeah, even a place. Yeah, 
That's you barely so saw anyone because there's this tail tail talon was the other one. What like yeah. was that the, there's just a lot where we don't really that was the market one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So that one actually was quite that one was quite um like explored. Yeah. Like, so tail was completely empty. Yeah. And um, like I look at the beginning, you know, when they all come and visit the, the chief and there's that mm-hmm. woman who's like, Why would you bring us here to kill us? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have seen more of her and to have seen their actual cultures and how that differed between each place i felt like because they had five they couldn't do that no they they were spread too thin uh, yeah. they were, i think i think the, the thing here is i think this film had more potential to be like one of the greats like one of the best yeah. and i think it was very ambitious but i think it sort of shot itself in the foot in terms of the plot i i don't think it did in terms of animation though i think animation no. wise this is one of the most visually stunning films they've ever yeah. made like i can't I fault it and i i have bought the book um the art animation book yeah because i am obsessed with the animation in this film i think it's so beautiful from like from sisu's fur down to like the sword to like the little necklace and like raya's boots like everything is just sick it's just their faces they just look like they're real humans and like the dragons obviously the issues there but i loved seeing them animated i love seeing what their interpretation obviously we know what it's based off now as well so i just i i love the animation so the animation was an absolute 10 for me absolutely yeah i agree um the score was also a 10 yeah i agree so amazing so beautiful it evoked all the right emotions all the right times it gave an impression of what was going to happen and i loved that the reason my slightly higher than yours is because i did cry so i did have an emotional connection i think mm. more more than you did with the yeah. film and i don't know if that's just because i'm a more emotional person maybe um <laughs> I am quite I, I I cry quite easily at Yeah, you do, but I, I don't know. Like yeah. when I saw that cot with the elephant, oh my god. I just bawled my eyes out. I was like, I'm I feel so sad this this yeah. man has lost not only his entire uh hometown village, but he clearly had a kid and a wife yeah. that just oh. broke me. And then the other moment that broke me is when they all have that discussion on the boat about who they miss and who they've lost. Yeah. And that just, that really. That is a really, lovely scene. Yeah. yeah. That really got to me because. That was I beautiful think, with the flower as well. Like the way that yeah. they actually kind of did that visually was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. So yeah, like I, I found it, it did touch me. Cause I know a lot of people were saying like it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of emotion in it and it didn't really get to them that much, but for me, it definitely did. So they, they did something right there for me. Um, in terms of character and I, again I do think it is the smaller characters though that did yeah, that for me I, agree. I think it's Tong I think it's Boone and whatever the little girl <laughs> Noi I think she was yeah, called yeah yeah I think and Sisu as well so it's actually kind of not the characters you'd expect to make you feel the emotions um so yeah that's why I'd give it an eight I think that's there's fair. definitely room for improvement so it's not a nine or a ten even though nine has room for improvement but like my <laughs> nines and tens are just I'm reserved they're films <laughs> i would watch whenever like all the time yeah and then i, I will definitely watch this film again because i love it i absolutely yeah. love it and obviously tuk tuk oh you know how we've, i feel about animals yeah. i love him he was so cool i've never seen anything like him he's almost like a little armadillo creature but he's obviously very unique i want to be able to ride like he looks so like efficient with the way he moves yeah. as well like <laughs> rolling around like raya looks so cool like that scene where you see yeah. him like riding him around in the desert so awesome. cool so cool and when he's a baby i can't he's so 
cute and I'm a sucker for cute animals in Disney films but I also appreciated that they didn't focus too much on him as a sidekick because sometimes it can get a bit annoying like when the animal gets too much time like in mm. a Disney film I think I think they, they used him really well because he, he was did. yeah he was really used really efficiently yeah he was there for a reason not just because he's a cute animal <laughs> I, remember, I had a funny thing to tell you about that <laughs> you know you know with the boat right when they yeah the boat and for the whole of the first time I watched the film I thought Tuk Tuk was on top of the boat <laughs> and then when I watched it again I was like he's not moving no. it's not it's a metal shrimp because it's a shrimp restaurant oh that's so funny that's hilarious so cool how he's got like his own plate and the boat is like built for him <laughs> I know that's that's hilarious that is so funny. so yeah I, was like, I need to tell wow. Rosie I need to include it in the podcast because uh yeah. it, I, Literally, yeah and then I was like he's literally on the boat Katie like I literally yeah, watched him literally on the boat there having a snack, like. <laughs> so I was like the stupid Katie moment right there so there you go <laughs> yeah so yeah well I think it's definitely a really good film um but it's not one of, in one of my like top mm-hmm. top films I think that's what I'd say but I would I would appreciate if they if they want to doing a series um, where yeah. we maybe get some history that we missed a bit more characterization because so cool. maybe that'll fill in some of the gaps that'll be really yeah. nice that'd so. be nice so yeah so with that then that is the end of this episode so thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed our review of Raya and that this maybe encourages you to go and watch it on Disney Plus if you haven't already or it makes you look forward to watching it when you can in June if you're waiting for then um, and if you've enjoyed our episode today, then please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or follow us on Podbean. And as always, if you've been listening for a while, we'd really appreciate you leaving us a review. And thank you to everyone that has, although we have noticed there hasn't been any new ones in a while. Bit of a dip. We do look, you know, we can see that there's like hundreds of you listening to episodes. We see you. And reviews do not take long to leave. That is, you know, yeah, but you can literally seriously. just click the stars, you know. Yeah, that. That is all, all that needs to be done. So, yes, please, please leave a review. It'd be just so great to know, because obviously, you know, we, we know you guys are listening, but it'd be great to know some feedback, like what yeah. you're liking, what you want more of, what you're not liking. What Tell we us what your favourite episode is, because yes, then we can kind yes. of pick on, you know, right, people like these, so we'll do more of those. Yeah. Because we do quite a variety of stuff, because we love we love that. We're, we are very, very Disney fans. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'd like to know what you want to hear about as well. So let us know. Yeah, yes. Using a review. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, if you've got any Disney-loving friends, please make sure to pass us on to them as well. Um, Because, you know, it's always great to have a recommendation of a new podcast to listen to. Very true. I do it all the time for Rosie. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, if you're not sick of us um, and you haven't done so already, (laughs) you can catch us as guests over on Making the Magic podcast. And Katie was also on the Free Mouse Kitties podcast as well. So if you really need more of us on top of our 18 episodes, um, feel free and <laughs> delve in. Yeah, and don't forget to follow along with our Instagram for all of our latest magical adventures and some throwbacks as well. We love a good throwback pick over mm. there. Um, we are also offering ad slots in our podcast, like the one you heard before for Play the Poet. Um, you can be on our podcast if you would like to be. Um, so you can find all the info on that over on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Um, so if you're a small business and you have questions, feel free to get in touch or just sign up using the form um, in our in our bio link on Instagram. Uh, coming up next time, we are back. We've 
we, we've had four. We normally have every fourth week we have mm. either Disney classics, but because of like One Division and Raya, we've had to kind of push it back. So throw the spanner in the work. Too much content from Disney. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so next time we're going to be going back to our Disney classics, and this time we have Bambi, which we're quite excited about. Yeah. I think it's going to be your film, Rosie. All the animals. How well, exciting! It is, it is all animals. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm the only I like human. It's pretty much evil. Um. Yes. So yes, that's something to look forward to. In the meantime, feel free to contact us on our email, sprinklerdisneypodcast at gmail.com. And from both of us, have a magical rest of your day.